Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to blacktalkradionetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk, black talk. The internet is full of half-truths and all-out lies. We've all seen them, and many people on social media complaining about it. Here's your chance to show and prove. WorldAfropedia.com is a black-owned and operated encyclopedia. There are several thousand articles, but we need help. We can't uncover all the truth ourselves. So please, join us and become a writer, editor, or blogger for WorldAfropedia.com today. Every little bit counts. We owe it to the future generations to put the truth out there. Visit WorldAfropedia.com the African-Centered Encyclopedia, a global database of African knowledge for the purpose of bringing about global African wisdom and understanding. WorldAfropedia.com Today, hundreds of Google employees and contractors around the world have been staging walkouts in cities like London and Tokyo and Singapore around 11 a.m. local time, and more are set to start soon. These workers are protesting how the Internet giant has handled accusations of sexual misconduct against its executives. And let's talk this through with NPR business correspondent Yuki Noguchi. Hi, Yuki. Hi. Good morning, David. Good morning. All right. So uh, these workers feel that the company has been too lenient with these executives who've been accused. I guess we should start by explaining what the accusations are. Well, the allegations are that Google protected itself and some executives accused of sexual harassment by not only keeping the real reasons for their dismissal secret, but even paying them massive severances. In particular, one story featured in the New York Times last week seems to have blown the lid off this. Um, Andy Rubin, the man who helped create Google's Android system, was paid $90 million in severance and given essentially a hero's send-off when he left in 2014, even though he was being asked to resign because of his behavior. And then other, on top of that, other executives were permitted to stay long past when Google knew about problem behavior. And employees who were organizing the walkout say they're disgusted and for every story that they are aware of, that there are many untold stories. Well, so how is the company responding to, to this moment? Um, Well, they seem to be acknowledging it in part. Um, Google CEO uh, Sundar Pichar sent out an email this week to employees essentially apologizing for the company's past past actions and clearly seeming to suggest that it erred in its decision-making with respect to Rubin. Um, Here's what he wrote, quote, I understand the anger and disappointment that many of you feel. I feel it as well, and I'm fully committed to uh, making progress on an issue that has persisted far too long in our society and, yes, here at Google, too. End quote. Uh, the company also notes that since Rubin's departure, it has handled subsequent cases of sexual harassment, nearly 50 in all, very differently and without granting severance. 
So that's their position. Okay, so the company responding, but、uh, I mean, evidently not enough for employees who are staging these walkouts, as you and I are talking. So, what do employees want to see happen beyond that? Um, so the Google employees who've organized this walkout are demanding、uh, five changes.、Uh, one involves、um, ending a forced arbitration clause in their employment agreements, which are increasingly common,、um, but、uh, effectively keep all workplace claims under wraps by requiring employees to resolve them in arbitration.、Uh, so that's one demand number one, and then. There's a commitment to pay equity and opportunity, and then generally sort of transparency with respect to how they handle sexual harassment, implementing better systems for it, and then employees will also want to seat on the board of directors.、Um, the employers are saying this is basically emblematic of a broader problem with culture at Google, where even highly skilled workers in positions of power are dismissed and unheard. All right, quite a moment at Google. NPR's Yuki Noguchi. Yuki, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Thank you, David. The, the first thing we're going to do is, I think, stop racism and stop focusing on racism. Stop focusing on racism. Living with regular racial discrimination is a reality for many people. It can affect them psychologically and even lead to depression. Now, a new study out of UC Berkeley found that those effects can also be physical. Professor Amani Allen of the School of Public Health studied Black women in the Bay Area. And found the more they experienced repeated incidents of racism, the higher their risk of chronic illness like diabetes or high blood pressure, and it's because of something called allostatic load. I talked with Professor Allen to explain. So allostatic load is an early marker of disease risk、um, and biological aging more generally.、Um, one way to think about allostatic load is. As a summary measure, a, a biological indicator that's a summary measure measure of how well our different biological systems are operating. So let me back up and talk for a second about this term allostasis. So、um, our bodies are our bodies are comprised of integrated biological systems, meaning that our various systems, our cardiovascular system, our respiratory system, our immune system, our neuroendocrine system,、um, these systems work together for optimal functioning of the entire body. So what I find compelling about this concept of allostasis and allostatic load is that it provides a snapshot of how well our various biological systems are doing,、um, and many of these systems are involved in the body's stress response. So you、um, may recall instances where either you have said or you've heard someone say, "I'm stressed out. My adrenaline is pumping." And when people are saying that, what they're really referring to is the ways in which our body naturally adapts to environmental demands—demands demands that we're presented with on any given day,、um, being late for work and having to rush to get to work,、um, all kinds of family-related stressors, all kinds of stressors. So, if we break this down. If I've had a bad day because I've been discriminated against on the street, at work, wherever,、uh, that that stress is linked to biology. How again? So, if and it could be racial discrimination. It could be any other stressor that. You appraise as threatening, and that's key. The way that we appraise the stressors that we come into contact with on a day-to-day -day basis matters in terms of how our body reacts.
So if we are discriminated against and we appraise that experience as threatening to us, then a number of things happen. It can increase the level of inflammation in our bodies, for example. And the key is that that's actually okay in the short term. When that stressor happens over and over and over again, it's that chronic stress that precipitates allostatic load. Right. And and what were some of the things you were finding? So our main finding was that we did find a link between racial discrimination and allostatic load. However, our findings varied based on the level of educational attainment. Uh-huh. So among... Yes. So among African-American women with lower levels of education, which we defined as having less than or equal to a high school diploma, those women reporting more frequent experiences of racial discrimination had higher levels of allostatic load. However, among women with more than a high school diploma, we found the opposite. African-American women with more than a high school diploma who reported more frequent experiences of racial discrimination actually had lower levels of allostatic load, Mm. which was very surprising and counterintuitive. How do you explain that? Why? Well, one potential explanation is that previous research has shown that identifying or acknowledging racial discrimination can be protective in and of itself versus internalizing those experiences and engaging in self-blame. So if I ex- if I have an adverse experience, interpersonal experience with a person of a different race, I can choose to say or I can acknowledge it as racial discrimination and understand that it's due to the prejudicial beliefs or discriminatory actions of someone else and has nothing to do with me. Uh, On the other hand, I could also internalize that experience and say that I deserved that, right? That that was warranted, that experience, that lack of courtesy was warranted. What what kind of recommendations can come out of your study and to whom? Who needs to understand this uh, in healthcare, in, I don't know, policymakers? Where do you see this benefiting people? When we think about race relations, we've seen a lot in the news about um, police profiling and egregious acts such as being choked to death on a New York City street or being shot in the back while handcuffed face down at a train station. These are egregious acts of racism and racial discrimination that for some reason in our society, we still debate. Um, But what our study shows, I think, is that in addition to those egregious acts, is that racial discrimination and racism can impact our health in ways that are not always visible. And so often you hear people talk about stress as the silent killer. Well, racial discrimination is one form of stress, but it's a form of stress that African-American women report experiencing day in and day out across many different situations in their lives, whether they're at work, um, whether they're at work, whether they're in the grocery store, whether they're in their car on their way um, somewhere, just experiencing both mild and major forms of racial discrimination, trying to get health care, trying to get housing, et cetera. And so this kind of just chronic, pervasive, unrelenting experiences of racial discrimination chip away at our ability to just be healthy. They wear us down in ways that compromise our ability to live to our full potential as African-American women. ¶¶ 
That's Professor Amani Allen of the School of Public Health at UC Berkeley. You can learn more about her study at KLW.org. Context of white supremacy. Gus T. Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Friday, November 2nd, 2018. So I have been told new era in neutralizing workplace racism. Now on Fridays, uh, we rotated the broadcasts. Uh, Stacy in the UK, longtime participant, investor in the cows. Uh, she has contributed mightily to the program uh, for mm, about a year and a half at least, probably more than that, specifically with workplace racism. And she had said that it would be more convenient, a little easier for her in terms of time and energy. Uh, I always uh, make an effort to time stamp when she's on the program uh, just to acknowledge uh, the time and energy that is being invested uh, for her to be awake at, you know, 3 a.m. In fact, let's see, she's with us now. Uh, so it's 1.15 a.m. Uh, Saturday morning. Uh, and that is why we switched, uh, because uh, she had said some time ago that it would be easier uh, because for her, she wouldn't have to be at work so she could stay up without, you know, having to think, oh, man, I got to go to work. And since we have had a number of other folks who do not live uh, in the States, uh, who are in South Korea and other parts of the world uh, who've called in specifically for workplace racism, it might make it easier for other non-white people who don't live in the States to call in and participate. They also might, you know, have Saturday off. So new era Fridays. Workplace Racism uh, Book Club, we already did yesterday on Thursdays uh, moving forward. Book Club is Thursdays, Workplace Racism Fridays, both programs, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. That's it. The broadcast, Neutralizing Workplace Racism. Nothing else has changed. We are still here, dedicated exclusively uh, to addressing the problem of white supremacy, racism in the people activity, uh, people area of people activity known as labor. I guess you could file this in economics too. They're all kind of related. If we have any non-white people victims of white supremacy, you have figured out I am not mistreated on the job. I don't have to worry about my health being adversely impacted. I'm good. Racists, if they are on my job. They're not on my floor. They don't have, you know, any control over what happens to me. Anything that I need, if it's a new computer, a new doorstop, you know, a month off for whatever reasons. Hey, I got it. No problems. And it's going to be like that until, you know, I'm ready to retire. <laughs> you should be the first person to dial in the number 641 715 The code Five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. That segment on Google. They were talking about folks uh, walking off the job, protesting globally. 
Me Too movement, handle, uh, how uh, Google has handled uh, sexual harassment cases where whites, uh, they don't get fired, they get transferred, and in some cases get a big send-off and big check severance, as they call it. Uh, I cannot recall global protests over the mistreatment of niggers on the job. And I mean, you have black people worldwide who are being terrorized on the job. Global walkout, they don't they don't have that in the tech industry. We're not you all are not hiring niggers and we see it. You're mistreating the niggers that are here and we're not gonna take it. In fact, we're not coming in Monday or Tuesday. How about that? Has that happened? Do they do that? They don't organize for niggers. The number again, 641-715-3640. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Certainly, if you you know are being abused on the job and you would like suggestions <clears throat> on your situation, perhaps how to deal with it, um, if you, you know, have figured out, certainly if you figured out some things that work, we always need to hear that. Uh, but if you would just like maybe a different perspective on what's happening or how you're trying to handle things, always welcome. We will offer our counter racist view. Uh, but again, you are the expert on your situation. I, I hope that's the way that people think about it. You are the expert and this is just, you know, offering maybe a, a few helpful tidbits or what have you, or, uh, reminders sometimes uh, about what we should be thinking about as we attempt to solve problems without creating new problems in the workplace. The email again, untiljustice at gmail.com, untiljustice at gmail.com. If you are not able to call in, but you have either a suggestion, a problem, you just have commentary that you'd like to share, you can drop an email and I can read your commentary uh, anonymously on the broadcast. I know uh, we did not, I don't think I brought up Halloween on the program last week explicitly. So certainly if we have any folks uh, who had uh, any shenanigans with the holiday to report, uh, I think someone might have talked about a candy incident recently. Uh, on a broadcast, but any of that or the costumes, uh, there was a segment, I think some people got fired. Uh, the video, it's on uh, the social media uh, for this broadcast uh, where some whites, uh, they had some sort of tacky costume that they said, oh yeah, we're just selling, celebrating Halloween, you know, pretending to be a Negro for the day. And they, you know, allegedly got fired or transferred or whatever it is. But if folks have any reports of, you know, anything associated with the so-called holiday that would certainly be appreciated. Also, I know the uh, midterms, as they call them, formal voting, I think a retired firefighter calls it, uh, that I am sure is coming up on the jobs. Uh, particularly, I would think if you're in areas uh, where, you know, key voting is taking place, if you're in Georgia, if you're in Florida, some other locations like, oh, yeah, like I could I could see where there's some conversations that might be coming up about the uh, elections. Uh, I would not have anything to say about the elections at all. If they ask if you saw the debate, who are you going to vote for? What do you think about candidates such and such? 
I haven't been paying attention to any of that. That's what I would have to say. What do you think? Who are you? And that's one where I would quickly try and get that question back. I talk about that uh, consistently. Stay in the question lane. You are not here to broadcast your views on the midterms or what you think. Or is this a referendum, you know, on the Trump president? <laughs> I haven't been paying attention to any of that. What do you think, if anything? And you don't even have that. That is optional to even, you know, toss that question out of there. You can just leave it at. I haven't been paying attention to anything. And have a lot of work that I need to get back to. Click, 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 and back on your, you know, computer or whatever you do on your job. Uh, if folks have had to deal with that, though, I certainly would be interested. Or if you have, you know, or if you use it as an opportunity to listen and get information from the folks that you are around. Uh, last time that we did workplace racism, a listener sent me a document. It was a form with racial classifications, and I said it was uh, the picture. I couldn't read it, and I asked that it be resent, and I was obliged. So I will read you this form. Hmm. It reads, uh, invitation to self-identify race, gender, as a protected veteran. And it reads to enable us to meet government reporting regulations and maintain affirmative action plan. We request that you complete this personal data form. Information will be used solely for government reporting purposes and will be detached and kept separate from your file. That's in bold, uh, boldface print. Any information that you choose to provide will not be considered uh, by the company. Uh, for employment purposes and will be treated as personal and confidential. Your voluntary cooperation is appreciated. And then it has a uh, space you fill out your name and date, gender, male, female. That's it. I'm surprised there's no, you know, other options for gender. Probably by the time they get the form out next year, it'll have other options. Continuing race, ethnicity. Please check the appropriate box boxes below so you can check multiple. First option, Hispanic or Latino. A person of Cuban, Mexican, Puerto Rican, South or Central American or other Spanish culture or origin regardless of race. That is that right there. Major reason why I say when talking about racism, white supremacy, the term Hispanic Latino should not be used. We're not talking about race. That's just what it said. Next category. White, not Hispanic or Latino. A person having origins in any of the original peoples of Europe, the Middle East, or North Africa. Original peoples. Next, black or African American, not Hispanic or Latino. A person having origins in any of the black racial groups of Africa. Native Hawaiian or other Pacific Islander, not Hispanic or Latino. 
a person having origins in any of the original peoples of Hawaii, Guam, Samoa, or other Pacific Islands. Asian, not Hispanic or Latino, a person having origins in any of the original peoples of the Far East, Southeast, Asia, or the Indian subcontinent, including, for example, Cambodia, China, India, Japan, Korea, Malaysia, Pakistan, the Philippine Islands, Thailand, and Vietnam. Last but not least, American Indian or Alaska Native, not Hispanic or Latino. Now they said you... They have not Hispanic or Latino next to all of these, but next to Hispanic or Latino, it said regardless of race or culture. So, and they said you could pick multiple. Just throw anything down uh, for race. Confusion. Uh, so American Indian or Alaska Native, a person having origins in any of the original peoples of North and South America, including Central America, and who maintain tribal affiliation or community attachment. What does that mean? Like, anywho, thank you for sharing. Uh, anytime these type of forms come out on the job, would be great to study uh, just to see how they refine and what sort of definitions they give out. Anytime that racial classifications are being discussed explicitly, I think uh, retired fire, uh, not retired firefighter, our caller in the courthouse down in Florida, I think this happened as well, where they were talking about racial classifications at the courthouse. And it was the same sort of sloppiness and confusion. And he asked questions. It could be a learning opportunity. So I definitely, since this is voluntary, I don't think I would fill this out. I certainly wouldn't be in a hurry to fill it out since it's so confusing and what have you, but I might use it as an opportunity to ask questions. I certainly would file any of these types of reports that you get at your job. All right, folks have any thoughts on that, uh, you can feel free. Thank you kindly for sharing. Uh, I did not see the photograph. I think Thomas in New York also said that he emailed a photograph uh, that was workplace related. So if you want to uh, perhaps mail it again, Thomas in New York, and I'll check, I'll keep an eye on my email as we proceed. And then I can comment on that or I can, you know, share it if you want me to share it on uh, online or something as we are rolling through the broadcast. Uh, the number again, 641-715-3640, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, folks who dialed in with a hand up line should be open. Proceed. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I did want to have uh, did want to say the second segment where they were talking about how racism impacts uh, the mental or the health uh, of black females. We are rotated. I was in the mindset of thinking book club for a long time. It's going to take me a while for my uh, brain computer to adjust to this not being book club Friday. We are reading Dr. Tommy Curry, The Man Knot. Woo! Race, class, genre, and the dilemmas of black manhood. Uh, it did stick out to me in that study that they it was isolated to looking at black females, and they made an allusion to someone being choked in New York streets. They made an allusion to someone being shot while handcuffed at a BART station. Not only did the study exclude 
black males and how racism impacts their health, the black males that were killed weren't even mentioned. I thought they had the say her name category where it was make sure let's identify if a black female is killed. Don't include black males in the study. Don't even name the black males who are killed, who are supposedly the source of where this stress comes from, seeing their explicit deaths. That did stand out to me majorly in hearing that report. The book club now on Thursdays, Dr. Tommy Curry, the man not race, class, genre and dilemmas of black manhood next Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Now, folks who dialed in with a hand up, uh, line should be open. Proceed. Can I be heard? Thomas in New York. Gus, I just sent it to you while you were talking. Mm, I resent it. Until justice at Gmail. Yeah, it's the one I usually use. Um, but hey, I got jinky phone service. What can I say? I'm a victim. But I did. Okay, it. I got. Okay, um, I got it. I got. It. I do think that word uh, "jinky." I think that might be a racist term. Uh, I will have to double check, but yes, I did get the email. Jinky. I, I would like to hear. Yeah, I, I won't use it if it is. Um, okay, my terrorist is on vacation. So, before um, she left, I interrogated by her, the French lady has been um, avoiding doing her job, per se. Like I told you, these files had to be done first by the partners. The partners didn't want to do it, so now the new um, strategy is to give it to the administrative secretaries or administrative assistants, uh, which I've been doing. Um, She has a partner now, and she doesn't want to do these files. Uh, She's coming up with excuses. She has to book interviews, everything like that. I think I mentioned that last week. So um, this week uh, I was told under no circumstances am I not to leave, give her stuff. She should be free, give her everything that's left, which was only five buckets. The uh, other secretary, the the guy's old secretary did 25 buckets. It was only five buckets left, you know, and each bucket probably has about um, 10 to 15 file clients, you know, in them that you have to look through, make sure all that paperwork has been scanned in the system before it gets thrown away. And um, original paperwork, you know, has to go back to the client. So, um, you know, that that's pretty much the, the task of going through these files. Um, so, um, and it's tedious. So either way, um, I bring her these five files, and she came over to me and said, you know, last week I, I, I really wasn't, you know, um, busy. I just didn't feel like being bothered with them. But this week, you know, I just bring them over to me. Ha, 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 ha. You know, walked off. So I was so pissed because, you know, I initially bought her the 20 because that's what I was supposed to do, the 20-pound bucket. Um, you know, and then I was told to bring them all back because so I'm pissed, you know, because this is labor and work. So I go tell the girl who did the files for her, you know, between you and I, you know, this is what she just said. So she's like, ooh, you know, I can't stand her. Either way. Um, she goes and tells another secretary who goes and tells my terrorist, and now the terrorist wants to interrogate me about it. So I'm like, man. So either way, it was the terrorist last day before she went on vacation, and it kind of just was left hanging. 
Um, that that's probably a racist term too. It's, it was just left unsettled, um, and she's gone. So um, that was it's situation one. Um, so either way, all the other admin administrative assistants is a um, Filipino lady, uh, a Mexican who can pass for black or maybe a Puerto Rican or Dominican, but she looks more um, like us than a, a Mexican. However, she's an uh, area aider. Uh, a Colombian girl who looks like a Mexican to me and a Russian. So, you know, the white Russian, uh, all of them stop talking to her because, you know, they feel like, you know, they're doing all this extra work and she's just been um, getting away with doing nothing. And also they, they don't like her, um, which is the consentment throughout the office amongst, you know, the people that have to work with her, uh, including the receptionist who's black and I already told you they had incidents. So, um, now she wants to have a meeting with all of the people that she feels doesn't like her. She wants me included in the meeting, the CEO, who's her boss, the lady, um, and she wants to clear the air with everyone, and she does not want my terrorist in the meeting, who is the person I wish was in this meeting, because she has no idea a lot of this stuff is even going on, and, you know, that would be termination, you know, for this lady. Either way, um, so... Uh, I've noticed that also what they started doing is delegating some of her work for her CEO to another person. So I'm thinking that um, something's about to go down with her. Um, either way, last you know, thing I wanted to say about this incident was I let Gus, um, she literally showed me her ass, um, an old white butt. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I was trying to put my bookshelf up in my new apartment. And when I pulled to pull it close to me, I fell. Yeah. And um, I fell on the radiator. And she goes to the side to look, you know, see who's coming, opens the door to my little space where they allocate me to sit. And then she pulls up her skirt to show me where she fell. And I'm like, whoa, don't do that. Don't ever do that, you know. So she's like, oh, no, no, I'm just trying to show you because it hurts so bad. And either way, you know, so I was like, oh. So I got up and walked away. So when I came, you know, back in hours later, she comes in and says, oh, I'm so sorry, da 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 And uh, I'm having a guy come to my house tonight. I went to this pay five, pay someone $5 an hour site, and they're going to come build me a new bookshelf from scratch or something like that. So I said, oh, okay, great. You know, so she walks off, and um, either way. Um, so the next day, um, she comes in and starts telling me about how beautiful her new bookshelf is coming along, and she's going to give this guy $100 and instead of $5 an hour for all the labor he's doing, and da-da-da-da. So I'm like, all right, you know, so I'm, at this time, I'm doing my work, um, and I'm also um, looking at the news as it feeds on the computer, which is scrolls across. Um, and so she puts her, like, your hands together and both her elbows on my shoulder and, like, her face right near my face and trying to see, oh, what are you looking at there? And I said, whoa, please, you know, oh, no, 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 no. You know, I tell you I'm touching Philly, you know what I'm saying? So she walks off. So I go tell the receptionist, and, of course, you know, I, I, I take a note of everything that's happened, and I also tell people. Uh, so she says, you know what, she is overstaffed. I said, I'm going I'm to get this in the bud for sure tomorrow because she's going to show me her ass now. So um, she comes in the next day, 
And she does that same thing I told her yesterday not to do. And I said, listen, I'm not going to tell you again not to touch me um, in this workplace. This is totally inappropriate. It's against the rules. You work for the CEO. You should know the rules. Do not touch me in this workplace. If someone walks in here and exceeds this, they're going to think something inappropriate is going on. And more than likely, being that I am black, they're going to accuse me. Thomas, I am so sorry. I am going to never touch you again. I am so sorry. I am never going to touch you again. I promise you. I said, yes, and please, because I can't afford to lose my job because you want to be touchy-feely and that's your culture. This is America. We don't do that here. Yes, and I'm so sorry. I understand because you're black. This country is so racist. Unlike France, this country, I said, you know what? I got up and walked away. So that was how it left off, and that was yesterday, I believe, when that happened. Um, today, nothing. But, hey, Thomas, how are you? Listen, I have the files. Can you come get them and throw them out? I'm done with this and done with that regular work type conversation the way I would like it. And uh, I'll mute my line. Thank you, guys. Incredible. Mm. Talked about Me Too on the program and emphasized the importance of having a code about unwanted touching. That's a, a, a hashtag. Uh, that or a tag rather that I use with every episode of workplace racism because there's been so much commentary about unwanted touching from non-white listeners for years, uh, even before workplace racism was like its own separate you know segment on the program. You got to have that code, like you know, once anything you know where it's uh, it hugging anything, anything showing lifting of of clothing and that sort of thing. Immediately, this is what I'm going to say uh, and jerking away. I think we talked about that before and me and others have talked about that. If they're coming up and putting the hand on you, bam, you jerk away or move your hand away or push their arm away or whatever it is. And bam, you say whatever you're going to say. Do not ever touch me. That is totally inappropriate and blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, whatever you're going to say. This is the same uh, white woman, Thomas, who uh, last week in the office was was yelling like, oh, I just love me some Thomas. I mean, he is just the best, you know. Call it boy in the world. This is the same one. Yes. And actually, yeah, I'm sorry, Gus, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I think last week when you said, you know, she did that, she was talking about how much she loved you. I was like, whoa, this woman uh, is dangerous. Like, man, just that, just that alone is so inappropriate. Like, uh, I think anytime in a workplace where it's seeming like it's something that could be this could be leading towards sexual misconduct if it already isn't. Uh, that my man Walter Beach the third nip it in the knees. Let's get that before it even gets started. <laughs> like, uh, cause I just thought last week, like, why she's that's what I said. She is dangerous. This white woman is dangerous. Uh, and I'm totally not surprised that the lead off. Let me pull down my clothes and show you the bruise on my hind parts. I mean. <laughs> That right, that Bill. Co- I was thinking, Bill. Co- how many times have I said that the last two months? I have been totally traumatized at least once a day. I have a response where I, Bill Cosby. I would have sprinted. I would have had to find someone right then, because I mean, just the magnitude of how inappropriate that is. I mean, imagine you being in the office, and oh my goodness, I fell on the radiator. Look here, Becky. Let me show you where I fell. Oh wait a minute, just look, just look. Imagine that under any circumstances. Oh, 
I would have immediately uh, ran to a white person that could solve problems. This has got to be reported right now. I mean, whoa, there's no context where that is acceptable at all. Um, yeah, and then it was two more, and they escalate, and that's the same thing. We've noticed that pattern for years. It, it it starts, it'll start with something innocuous. That's what they do. I think we've had so many whites who've testified to this sort of thing. The bully, they like to, you know, today I'll come and I'll push you around and, you know, I'll take a potato chip from you. And tomorrow I'll come and I'll push you around and i take your whole lunch. And then the next day I come and push you around, I take your lunch and, you know, take whatever money you got. I mean, it's just, it just goes up a little bit, a little bit. How much more can I get away? And that sexual thing, so many people have said it started out, they would make some sort of sexual joke or some verbal, some sort of verbal comment that was crude. And then it would just go a little further and just keep going and keep going. And, you know, how much can I get? I'm white. You know, you're just nigger. You So many folks have talked about that, uh, being afraid to say no and that power dynamic in the workplace. Be prepared for that. So you are the first time Walter Beach cut at the knees. Uh, the, nothing that you did incorrect. I just I would have the speech and how you handled it. When it got to the third time, that's what I would have done the very first time when she did the either when she said last week when she was going around talking about how much she loved you. I think that would have been totally appropriate right there. Certainly by the time she gets to, you know, I got to show you my, you know, drawers and such like, oh, man, like white person. All of this has got to be docking. I mean, she should be written up like that. In my view, I mean, that's. She should be written up. Like I've seen black people fired for less. She, Bill Cosby. She should be written up. Uh, did Thomas in New York anything you want to add, or other folks have uh, comments on this one? Everyone should be prepared for this uh, sort of situation. She wanted. She she wanted me to touch her bruise as well. Um, which you know, I, and, and you're right. I, I should have nipped this in the bud when she, you know, first got you know really you know, touchy and talky, but, you know, I was trying to just avoid it. And, um, every time she would try to touch me, I would jerk away. And, um, but no, nah, it's no more of that anymore. I don't seen a white behind that shit for me. Uh, and an old one. Oh my God. I mean, oof. um, so nonetheless, Gus, um, the, 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 the person I call, I could call her the terrorist now. Um, cause she's terrorizing. Um, she said to me, um, the same day that this incident happened that, um, you know, I, the best place I've ever lived was in Egypt. So I said, Oh, really? She said, the men were whistling at me down the street cause you know, my beautiful eyes and you should have seen me back then. And I said, uh, you know, that, you know, but I'll meet my mom. I was thinking dangerous extremely dangerous uh other, can i be heard uh retired firefighter yes sir greetings uh gus and greetings everyone uh yes i just was listening to uh thomas's report and uh uh i i just have been thinking over the course of I guess probably about a couple of months with Thomas uh, giving a report on basically the same uh, people. And uh, 
based on based on uh, he and I conversations, uh, I rate Mr. Thomas as being a courteous person. I would say almost by nature, you know, a courteous, you know, pretty courteous person. And basically with the type of personality that I'm hearing from what, how he's been describing uh, this white female, these white females, that they are pretty much very aggressive and they interpret courtesy uh, as an invitation for their shenanigans. Uh, as far as what I know about my personality, uh, if, if I, I have to actually work at being courteous in a lot of cases. And, I, and what I mean by courteous, I, I'm not necessarily talking about the words that come out of your mouth, you know, body language, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, they play a part of it also. Uh, uh, first and foremost, let me ask you a quick, a, a, ask a quick question. Uh, is the workspace limited to where it's, it's impossible not to have uh, arm contact with any one of these these uh, white females? That's for Thomas. The question. Repeat your question, sir. Is it is it uh, possible that they, there's enough workspace where you wouldn't have physical contact, immediate contact, meaning arm length contact, or maybe a little bit further that you can, that you actually can create space between yourself and and uh, those uh, employees. The um, problem I have, sir, is um, my the place I'm designated to sit at, uh, and this is temporarily because the firm is moving. Um, mm -hmm. The place I'm designated to sit at behind me is the company's color copy machine, and um, certain things that have to be done with the copy machine are my responsibility. This person um, likes to have all her documents printed in color. So she comes into my workspace to use that copy machine. Um, and um, it's because of the, the partner. You know, her partner, before she was hired, would have me do the same stuff with her on the colored machine. So either way, when you use the colored machine, uh, let's just say my the desk, the seat that I have, um, is probably about two feet between me and the back of the person that's standing at the colored, colored copy machine. Um, copier, uh, probably about two feet of space between us. So she's the only one that um, has to turn around, uh, and she does this to everyone, um, gets very close to them in their face. Um, and, and I noticed that the, the terrorist also does this. I think this is a European thing. However, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's enough space for her to not be nowhere near me. I mean, I feel like it, she does it intentional and, um, right. you know, yeah, you, you get what I'm saying. So, yeah, well, I, I would, I would just, I would just suggest and, you know, and, and, uh, it's hard, it's hard to report on it because, you know, I, I'm, you know, having, you, you're doing a good job of describing the, the, the place to me, but I would just say that, uh, 
always or either have something in my hands where actually I can block any type of in other words, you know who you know who the uh who 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 the the uh the subjects are of, of this of the discontentment that you're getting. Uh you know who the subjects are. So anytime that they are within ear earshot or your vision, be prepared to practice some form of uh jujitsu. You know, as far as preventing that person from, you know, uh, touching you, that sort of thing. And, and, you know, and perhaps maybe from that being a very, very consistent that you are doing it all of the time with very little, very little conversation, you know, with it, then that person would probably get the message. I know it's very delicate because you're in a, you're in a workspace where, where, uh, probably your, your, uh, 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 means of of uh, communicating with other employees have a determination on you being employed, and I heard you say that you need that employment. You know, so it's kind of complicated, you know, as far as that concern. But uh, yeah, just you know, like you said, you just being consistent, being consistent at it, and also that person getting a good understanding of your body language, along connected with your voice. Uh, would perhaps make it, you know, make it a little bit better, you know, as far as that concern. But uh, hopefully, I'm making some sense. But uh, I have, I have a, a couple of reports to make if I can do it right now. Proceed. Is that possible? Proceed. Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, first report. Uh, uh, person that uh, is. Uh, kind of as close to me, I would say, uh, female. Uh, this is a case, because uh, I, I heard you, I heard you made a report. You, re, you, you uh, played a recording of a report on uh, females, and I think I heard the word stress involved. And uh, actually, stress is that, is that, is that uh, disease that corrupts other parts of, your, of the body, of, of of the of the of a person's body and in turn you know it's a, a very it could be in a lot of cases a very quick breakdown and stress is the first uh first uh uh, uh enemy that 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 uh actually uh corrupts the the body and uh this is what i'm i'm uh, listening to this person describe to me about her, her stress on the job to whereas it's so severe to her that she's actually thinking about, uh, as a teacher, uh, thinking about not working anymore this year, uh, as far as that concern. And in turn, like I said, it affects other part, other, it creates other medical conditions. In her case, she has all of the symptoms of vertigo. Hold on one second. Uh, uh, as sir, I, think, I just wanted to ask a quick question. You said she was thinking about not teaching for the rest of the school year. When did the school year start for her? Uh, it's, it's the school year started, uh, just about what everybody's, uh, school year starts. I think in August, August, September, August, late August or early September. That's when it started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's for folks. It's I think the pro- I think the problem probably has been going on even longer than what she described, but this is what she was telling me that she's thinking about, you know, not, 
not going. She was she was in the hospital yesterday. Wow. As far as that concern, and and so this is the first time I'm hearing about this this issue, and uh, she was thinking about you know it, that that is because actually she has the symptoms of vertigo. Uh, I think some people may know that Mr. Fuller has vertigo, whereas you you can become dizzy, uh, and uh, you know when you're dizzy, you know uh, things are, it's not good for you to be in something moving or. Or let alone talking about you driving, operating in some sort of machinery yourself, you know, such as a car, uh, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's kind of like applicable to what you were uh, reporting before the, the program officially starts when you play the recordings and whatnot. Uh, the last, the last uh, instance was uh, in the gym where I work out at. I, uh, it's it's kind of like a daily daily routine. Uh, this gym that's you know kind of like right down the street. It's actually in walking in walking distance uh, uh, that I go to is in a large community center, quote unquote. Uh, and uh, there are two very attractive black females who who work in that area during the daytime, early morning, afternoon, uh, yoga class, a yoga class. And I think it's the other class is some basic exercise class, uh, primarily for elderly. And, uh, uh, the, the black males that I converse with after I finish working out with, uh, one guy is, is uh, described it to be a problem that he has with, uh, this is kind of like anti-blackness, you know, as far as under the under the the uh, item of racism is concerned. And uh, he is uh, mentioning about uh, uh, he doesn't like the idea that she is being selective on who comes into her office and and that sort of thing. And and basically, I I was just sitting there listening to this guy, and then I I stated to him, uh, and I put it in terms of a question. Do you understand that this is her workplace? <laughs> you know, you know something that you know you were figured that a person would know. You know, do you understand this is a workplace? And uh, uh, from that standpoint, you know, being as her workplace, uh, she has she has an option to uh, allow or disallow anybody to come into the office where she works at, and it's it should be a certain type of uh, behavior. Uh, that you uh, that you carry, and also as well as uh, with her as an employee. Uh, specifically, being I was talking to him, I was you know basically talking about you know on what uh, he was describing to me on what he's going to do, you know as far as uh, to her restricting on who comes into her door. Primarily, the 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 males that works out, you know they are of course interested in these attractive females and whatnot, but they uh, in my opinion, don't have a constructive means of going about uh, 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 associating and or addressing with these these ladies, uh, especially this one particular la lady. And and sometimes one has to just factor in, you know, no contact, no contact, or no no communication. Then that that would lessen or totally eliminate the conflict. Uh, and basically, uh, uh, he and I, it, it never did get to an argument or even a debate. He, 
primarily understood on where I was coming from with it. And uh, he's been showing some indications to that uh, as far as that concerned, because I've been talking about uh, a codified, uh, uh, codified uh, behavior uh, uh, in the gym, you know, conversing with the other other guys in there. Uh, as far as that's been already been been talking about that as far as in, in conversation in itself. But uh, that's basically my report for today. Thank you. Spectacular. Black self-respect in action, in my opinion. And being able to ask a question. Other folks who uh, would like to dial in if you have comments on what has been shared thus far uh, or if you have your own situation that you uh, would like to address the number again 641-715-3640 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate okay uh, I heard the mail caller as well, uh, Stacy in the UK. Uh, it is one fifty-eight a.m. Saturday morning. Good to hear from you. To hear from you, to, to Gus, and hello to the rest of the callers. In fact, we've had the clock change, Gus. So minutes to um, I'm on my computer anyway. Four minutes to one. I get an extra hour for a little while. <laughs> um, before I do my updates, I just wanted to check, was the woman who um, exposed herself to Thomas, was that the French woman? Yes, yes, I think it was, yes. Yeah, I, I, I thought so, because I was, I was going to say last week that um, her story about the... Um, being groped on the street by the black males, that just sounded a bit like it was her fantasizing to Thomas rather than actually relaying the true story. Um, and I'm not sure if he, he actually said that last week, but it just sounded like she's grooming him rather than anything else. And now clearly that's the case. I do think, though, that even though I agree that um, things should be said earlier sometimes, if not as often as possible, um, I think in this instance, it may have worked out for the best that he didn't because she probably would have made up some kind of excuse or cried if he'd have um, spoke up about it sooner. But the fact that she is bearing her soul, let's say, to him, um, there's just no excuse for that. It's totally inappropriate. And so I actually think it, it works out for the best. And I do think something should be said because it's just, man... I mean, uh, what kind of justification can you make for that? It's crazy. Anyway, um, a couple of things. In terms of the stress, the the, the um, news clip that you played on the uh, stress, I mean, yeah, I did think the sort of gender focus of that was very strange. However, um, I didn't completely understand why they were making the distinction between people who have got degrees and those who haven't because I would have I mean in terms of people not understanding racism I don't necessarily think that's determined by your certainly for non-white people 
determined by your level of education because some people who have degrees or higher can be just as confused. So I did find that, I mean, I need to re-listen to it, but um, that didn't quite make sense to me. Um, And then uh, I've learned, I I, I mean, I won't go into the detail of it now, but this week my daughter was feeding back to me on some workplace racism and harassment that she's been getting. Um, She's dealing with that situation. But one thing that she did say to me is that she didn't have an appreciation of what constituted bullying. And even though I've been contributing to workplace racism and the broadcast for a while, and we do talk about, you know, codification in the workplace, I do, I I guess I had not, not expected her to be more savvy, but I think I, I didn't appreciate that she didn't have as much detail on certain situations as I probably, you know, I just took certain things for granted. And she'd asked me about, she made a comment about um, not realising that um, the way her manager, who shouldn't have been her manager, it was was an inappropriate arrangement, which HR is dealing with, was getting her to set her own objectives and uh, she's a graduate intake so they have a very structured program which is another reason why I didn't appreciate some of the some of the issues um, but it, I advised her this week um, to make sure that she gets hold of the handbook and, and read it but um, I, I kind of kicked myself because I thought I I've been contributing to workplace racism for so long and there's been so much discussion on handbook and I didn't actually articulate the words to my daughter make sure you read your handbook so that's the lesson learned for me um, but the situation is resolving itself anyway um, and uh, then one more thing I'll comment on or update on is um, I spoke uh, well I asked a question a few months ago when I returned to work about people's experience of mediation and found the feedback that was given really useful. Um, and, I, and just as a reminder, I returned to work in July and the mediation was proposed by the chair of the appeal hearing of the grievance that I had gone through as a way of rebuilding the relationships. And this is what was stated. Um, in the team. Now I'm sure they had a different agenda, but however that was what was being proposed. So the idea was that certain people would be um, interviewed by the mediator individually, identify the issues and then this allegedly is all confidential. She would then come up with a plan for how the mediation would be structured and people would get a chance to comment on it and then go forward. But somewhere in that process, because it is voluntary, um, people could decide that they don't want to go forward. Okay, so fair enough. I had had an initial interview with the person, but because there were so many issues, um, she needed to come back for another session with me. And... 
she had said she proposed a particular day, but um, it wasn't confirmed with us. HR then got back in contact with me, and this was being done in the first two weeks of me returning to the organisation. So, in fact, I saw her for the first appointment the first week. And then um, HR contacted me and said, oh, well, the, the person is in the building tomorrow or whatever. Can you see her? If not, give me a date for when you can. So I said, oh, well, I've got a couple of things because I was on a reduced week as well as part of my phased return. So um, I can do such and such and such. Then I got a really test email back from the HR person who said, why can't you see her today and can you arrange it with your manager? So I said, uh, have I misunderstood your email? Because you said um, either today, but if not, come back to you with various dates or when I could do it. Um, and then she said, oh, yes, I did say that. But, I mean, um, can't you speak to your manager and um, get your work um, reprioritised? And so I thought, okay, you'll be, you're making an issue here. So I said, um, I can make myself available, blah, 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 blah. Um, and she had switched up her tone because she was being incredibly rude and deceptive in the email. But anyway, so I had that. And plus, what I said to her is that, or she said that um, the consultant had told her that she had spoken to me about potentially being in the building and doing that interview that day. And I said, well, um, it, it wasn't confirmed because she hadn't. She um, she just I didn't have my diary with me, which was the discussion. So anyway. I went along, had that second meeting, and then the next step was for her to um, uh, put this plan together. And then the very first meeting, I didn't appreciate the tone of the mediator who is allegedly um, independent and um, going to act in a confidential manner. And so in that meeting, I had to say to her at one point, because all I was doing was actually asking questions, because for me, I couldn't understand how if there have been issues around violence that has not been acknowledged by the organisation, how is a conversation going to resolve that? Because the person has not acknowledged that they actually did it. Did it. So what precisely are we mediating? And I was asking for clarification on how mediation would work in that instant. And she kept being really off-key. And in the end, or really um, uh, rude and hostile in her responses. And in the end, I had to say to her, um, it sounds like you're annoyed. And when I sort of said that, she then thought she would switch modes because she realised that she's been a little bit too obvious in her, 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 her bias. Um, and then she started to be extra, extra nice to the extent that, you know, she's speaking to me as if I was some kind of child. It was really peculiar, but I just let it go because I thought, you know, um, I don't really have to go ahead with this, so I'll let her continue. Anyway, to, to speed this up, months went by, I didn't hear anything. I then got an email from HR to say, um, you have been... As you know, you've been offered coaching sessions. Note the word coaching. Um, I've heard back from the mediator and we'd like to offer you further coaching sessions. So I'm like, what the hell is this? So I emailed her back and I said, um, I'm a little bit confused. I have been communicating with you about mediation. And this is off the back of the recommendations made by the chair of the grievance hearing. 
I am very confused as to why you've a, suggested that I've been actually attending coaching sessions with the, the mediator and why I'm being offered more coaching sessions. And can you tell me what it is that I'm being coached on? She said, all of a sudden, oh, I don't know, because obviously these sessions are all confidential. Like, really? And so would you like me to put you in touch with the mediator? And uh, should I give her your details? And I said, oh, yes, please. Weeks go by. I haven't heard anything. So this is now October. <laughs> I get an email back to say the mediator on, is on leave, but she'll get back to you shortly. So last week I got an email from the mediator to say, um, explaining what these coaching sessions would be. And she was, and all of a sudden she's saying, well, it's often when people have been away from the organisation for a long time, things have changed quite a bit. So as part of your reintegration into the team, I'm proposing some coaching sessions to help you navigate the organisation because things could have changed quite a bit in that year. And these are all things that I said to her when I met her. And also that um, you can help talk through issues that you might be encountering and how you might handle them. So the subtext of this is that they're, they're, they're lying, being deceptive, and not telling me why they're not doing the mediation. In other words, people don't want to go ahead and switching up the narrative to say that the issue is with me. And part of what she had done beforehand is said that she could um, interview other people in the unit who wouldn't be formally part of the mediation, which was not said to me. So I raised that matter with HR. And they said, oh, I did, they didn't know about this. And um, they would um, uh, speak to her. And needless to say, that little bit of nonsense went away because that sounded specifically to me like an investigation, which I just don't understand what would be the purpose for the mediator and how your you the organization could be protecting my rights when they're going around having conversations with me about me to people who clearly have already been inappropriate which is why they got named in the grievance however they the organization made the decision or the management made the decision not to include them in the mediation so anyway i emailed her back today and just copied in hr because this charade of pretending that they're keeping these conversations confidential and clearly it's not um and said made a, just a very factual statement back the mediation was proposed by the chair of the grievance panel to address rebuild the relationships across the team between all of those named in the grievance who contributed to the reason for why the grievance was brought in the first place and in terms of my reintegration into the team before I returned to the organisation, I did request that management put in place a plan to reintegrate me back into the team. That was prior to my return last July. The decision was made not to, and I left it there. Deception. I'll meet my line there, Gus. Wow. Master deceivers. Uh, words are super important coaching mediation very important just that change of wording the word confidential because that's come up a couple times tonight as well i think it's just counter racist logic non-white people should just automatically assume that nothing you say 
in a workplace environment is confidential. Nothing you say, nothing you do is confidential. That whites, we've said that I've said that for years. Uh, they are the masters of networking and primarily networking about Negras. Uh, so we should already know worldwide, London, Los Angeles, Liverpool, wherever you happen to be at. Uh, if it's individuals classified as white, that is their primary activity. Talking about Negras uh, on the job. So, of course, they're going to be chatting it up. Oh, she said this. Oh, she didn't want to do that. Oh, oh. That is exactly what they're going to be doing. So none of us should be, you know, stunned about that. Even if they put it, they put it on the uh, the uh, racial classification form that I read earlier that, you know, this is confidential. And I certainly would not, you know, think that words are important. I did hear the term uh, fair enough. We should be watching that word uh, fair. Uh, the term janky Thomas in New York used earlier. I found several definitions for the term janky, uh, unresponsive, uh, talking about software or computer program or application, sluggish, of poor quality or unreliable. It can be used for someone considered undesirable in some way. That one especially stood out to me as uh, there seems like there's some racial element. But I did not find anything that explicitly was like, oh, yeah, this is a term that has been used in a racialized way. But just something about the term to me resonated like, hmm, this seems like something that would be reserved for talking about undesirable non-white people. I could be totally incorrect. Uh, as we proceed, other folks can give their thoughts on the term janky, since that was uh, discussed earlier. Uh, the male caller who spoke up simultaneously with uh, Stacy, I knew, I think I've said this before, there is a short window. The time difference is normally eight hours. There's a very short window when the UK, they change time uh, before we do. I think it's like a week or two weeks where it's no longer eight when an eight hour time difference. It's a seven hour time difference between myself and Stacy. And I thought, oh, I think it's now. And I almost said it. I would have been so cool. But oh, well, uh, the male caller who dialed in uh, and yielded to Stacy. Line should be open, sir. Uh, can I be heard? Yes, sir. How you doing? Uh, that's to all the callers. Uh, I'm uh been listening for a while. This is actually my first time. Uh, well, I've called in, but it's my first time speaking. But um, I'm in the area of Central Florida, or in the plantation of Central Florida, and um, I just wanted to share uh a story or two from my from my plantation. Um, I spent some time in the military. And I was a firefighter as well, but uh, this is probably one of the probably the most, uh, I guess you say, racist place I've ever worked at. Uh, and uh, just uh, a couple of weeks ago, probably about a month ago, and it's funny too because the company I work for, they're supposed to be, you know, a good, wholesome Christian company. And uh, at my job, I work with a lot of paint. It was really called gel coat because uh, I work on boats. I paint boats, so uh, I had spilled some paint. Or some jail code and another code with this area of another victim, a black male. So I was cleaning it up, and uh, one of the uh, 
the guys who worked there are older white male, probably in his 60s. He comes over and he's like, uh, uh, hey, you uh, spilled some area and let's say the, the, the black victim, his name, let's say his name is Joseph. Hey, you spilled some, some paint in Joseph area. I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I, I still have to paint and whatnot. He's like, yeah, well, you spilled paint in his area, so you got to clean it up. I say, yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's my paint. You know, so then he's like, well, you know, I guess everyone needs a black bitch. Excuse my language, but that's what he says. Like, well, I guess everyone needs a black bitch. And then he laughs and, and walks off. And I just kind of stood there for a minute, like, you know, I ain't know what to say, but, you know, what really could I say? And uh, another instance was, uh, this is this is actually my boss. Uh, he comes up to me and he was like, you know, I always knew why I didn't like gingers. So he shows me a meme. And it's a, a picture of a white female, a redheaded female, and it had the word gingers on it. And it had some words underneath it. And he said, oh, don't pay attention to those words. Just read the word gingers and you'll see why I don't like gingers. And it took me like a quick second. And I realized that gingers has the same letters as the word niggers. So his entire joke the rest of the day was, I can't stand those gingers. I can't stand those gingers. But, you know, he was really meaning I can't stand those niggers. And uh, it's just one way I found to try to, you know, I guess someone neutralize the racism at work is I really don't deal with any other white people at my job besides talking directly to my boss. I mean, and even that sometimes is very, very challenging. You know, rich is man, rich is woman. But, you know, as far as other white people, I just try to avoid them completely. I come on the plantation, do what I have to do, and I leave. You know, it's just. And I've also noticed that since I've, you know, been, you know, listening to you guys and reading uh, Mr. Fuller's book and read Dr. French Crescent's book, you know, I notice now when I go out into the world, you know, I go to bars and stuff to watch football games, you know, I completely ignore white people 100%. I don't pay them any mind. I look there, not even there. But I've noticed the more that I've done that, they seem to to want to gravitate to me more. You know, they're always trying to talk to me or trying to make conversation about games. And I try to be shallow and short without being, you know, straightforward rude. But I don't know if, I guess, you know, they know what's better than we know them. Or, I mean, they know what's better than we know ourselves. So I guess they kind of can see, you know, which victims may be less confused. And they're always picking my brain, wanting to know what I do. And this is just uh, white people, man. It's just, <laughs> oh, man, it's just. It's crazy just, you know, and, 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 and hearing what some of the other callers have is just, what I have to say is, it's almost never ending, you know, it's just, it's always something, you know, here on the plantation and living in the world of white supremacy. But uh, that's all I really had, guys. I'm getting my line. I uh, appreciate it. First time caller. I uh, hope the program has been, continues to be worthy of your time and energy racist jokes talked about that for years i think all the way back to when we first came on the air uh racist jokes and how integral <clears throat> they are to the maintenance of white supremacy really uh the transfer of information about racism white supremacy i always encourage uh that's a great time if you have your recorder on the job boop record uh, uh, the earlier comment 
uh, when he said, oh, everyone needs a B-I-T-C-H. Boop, got your recorder. You can write that down. Always an advocate of recording. That way you don't get the emotional response because generally that's what they want. The, they want the chimp out. They want us to react uh, and get angry, get mad. That makes their day. See us get all riled up. What generally stops that is the non-response or as a, oh, could you repeat that? And then you just take out, you could just take out your pad and write it down. Gingers, you know, like, okay, got it. No problem. Mm-hmm. Even the first comment, just, oh, okay. Let me repeat that. Everyone needs a, mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else? Okay, I'll go back to getting up my jail code here. That is what I've seen stops that uh, almost every time when you don't respond. And particularly when they say like, oh, wow, this nigga here. <laughs> like, we're going we're gonna to have to watch this one. This is a special one. We're going to have to study because that's generally what they do under all circumstances. Uh, let's see. Other folks uh, who dialed in that we have not heard from at all. If you have commentary, line should be open. Proceed. Oh, I did want to say, I definitely do not recommend the bar setting. I know that was mentioned. Uh, I know Dr. Francis Crest Welsing certainly would not recommend uh, being in a bar. Uh, and if you are going to be there, I definitely would not recommend ignoring whites. I would say be extremely mindful of them. I think uh, one thing Gus has been known to say once or 50 times over the last decade is one of the worst combinations in the known universe is whites and alcohol. So if you are going to be in that environment, ball game or otherwise, I would definitely be alert and mindful about the whites that are around you uh, to see what they're doing and how they, you know, they could be Voltroning at any moment to terrorize and attack you. They can ruin your life in 30 seconds. So I would definitely be aware of what they're doing uh, if you're going to be in that environment, which is not recommended at all. Others who dialed in with a hand up, if we've not heard from you, proceed. Have you heard? Yes, sir. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome. I guess um, different for being on a Friday night, so I had to remember. Wait a minute. This is workplace racism tonight. So, am I correct? Workplace racism. You are correct. All right. And um, so I wanted to share just something real quick. Of my daughter came home today and told me about something that happened at school. School is the workplace for. Or kids, right? So, um, she and our partner, or who is a uh, Hispanic young lady as well, well, Hispanic, she's black, my daughter's black, um, they were working on a project, and the project had to be due by a certain time and date. And so they completed their project, and one of the other teachers, uh, who's over another different group uh, that deals with different level of competitions among the different schools and all. She took the project and did, took all their research and all and, and, and basically claimed the project as her group and put her group's name on, on the project and made up flyers and everything. And, and my daughter was really just like baffled, like, I can't believe that she just did that. You know? So she, talk, she told the other teacher, one of the other teachers about it, 
and the teacher said that she would talk to the principal and the other uh, teacher that did, you know, take their, their all their research and you know, all the same with her, her group here. But I had, uh, you know, once she told me about it, I said, oh, no, I, I, I'm not going to sit back and tolerate that. She doesn't want me to say anything. And that's generally the, the take that my kids give me. You know, they don't want me to make mention of something when something happens at school. But um, I just, I'm just at the point where, you know, obviously I'm not going to do anything crazy, but, you know, having a, a calm conversation with, I'd love to talk with that particular teacher, but definitely I've had conversations in the past about, um, or with the principal. And I'm the one I called, and this probably goes back about a year ago, the one I called about and mentioned about the email that was sent, the really um, hate-filled, prejudiced, or, or, or racist email that was sent to one of the teachers packed in by other students, supposedly coming from another teacher. Um, but there was really hateful words that were shared about black people and black teachers and so on. But uh, it's the same school. <laughs> same school. So uh, just wanted to share that. And also want to share something else real quick. I've been coming in a little bit early uh, lately on my job. And this particular morning, just, just this week, um, as I was going to the, the break room, we're walking through, I'm walking through the halls and the cubicles are kind of high. So you can't really see who's coming around the corner. And as I was coming across kind of like an intersection, there was one racist suspect who's said things to me before such as, you know, uh, regarding my hair, length, and so on. Um, and when I questioned him about that, that stopped that activity. He's never said anything else to me about my hair. But anyway, as I came across and almost bumped into him, um, I kind of like, oh, you know, he says, so he said right away, did I scare you? And, you know, it didn't really dawn on me at first, but after listening to some of the other um, people have commented before about how, racist suspects like to scare black people, you know, it just made me think right away, hmm, I wonder if he, you know, really wanted to scare me, you know? Um, but it just kind of struck me as odd that he said that specifically, did I scare you? <laughs> you know, but that's pretty much it. I just wanted to share those couple things there. Much obliged. The work, uh, the school is the workplace, uh, if certainly for children and, you know, even for a lot of older folks uh, who are in school, college, whatever it is, training of whatever uh, variety, that is definitely the workplace. And that is standard operating procedure, racists, uh, stealing intellectual property and the hard labor uh, of non-white people. They've been doing that. That's all the way. Edward Baptist, the half has never been told a long time that they've been doing that, uh, even with uh, young children. Uh, in fact, I can even think of, it's a number of non-white students that I'm aware of where they've done, uh, sometimes they had to do experiments or labs that they had to write up uh, and the professor stole their work, took credit for it. Like I, I can think of multiple, in fact, non-white students now that I'm thinking about it where teachers have done something similar, uh, taking their work and taking credit for it or uh, in some way not honoring the student, the non-white student who did the work. Not surprising about your daughter's response either. I think a lot of folks uh, just, you know, want to try to not cause any trouble. Uh, and plus she's, I mean, the whole power dynamic of that with the adult 
and a younger person and then this person uh, controlling, you know, having control over what's going to happen with their academic uh, career at this point. Like it's a whole lot of logics in terms of why a lot of victims have that response where we just want to try and get through it without causing any problems, without rocking the boat, as they say. Let's just try and, you know, get through this as painlessly as possible. Uh, other folks who dialed in, much obliged for sharing, sir. Um, other folks who dialed in, we've had back-to-back, uh, Stacy in the UK as well. Very important to have these conversations with your offspring. If they're not already in the workplace, they will be shortly, and school is the workplace. So definitely make sure that you're having these conversations with and around your offspring. Others that we've not heard from, line should be open. Can I be heard? Uh, greetings, caller in Florida, courthouse. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to just the host, the listeners and callers. Uh, I had uh, a few incidents I wanted to share, especially with the the tackiness of the uh, Halloween festivities. I had a, a conversation. Um, my first one was there was a lot of images being shown of what kind of pictures or what kind of food dishes uh, that was being prepared or the ideas that were thought of being made, like they were talking about making a mummy uh, meatloaf and wrapping bacon around it. I don't know, maybe this could go into the uh, the Dr. Well scenario, to use a metaphor, because it's browning a lot of uh, meats, things like that. And one particular was this lady was saying uh, that she went to Walmart and she was thinking of purchasing brownies. She used brownies because you're supposed to make food scary. And she said she was thinking of buying some white chips and putting a black speckle on the white chip, chocolate chip, and putting it on a brownie. And she said she forgot to buy some uh, food coloring of a certain color because when she mixed it, the ones that she brought or got from the store, and she was trying to make it black but it turned out a dark blue. <laughs> so yes, like the, the color association was a maximum, uh, majorly racist. Um, and there was another observation where, cause I, t- I think I shared on the program that I mentioned the word spook, um, to the supervisor and how that obviously connects to the word spooky and scary and creepy being used for Halloween. So what was interesting about this was that there was a flyer, you know, like a flyer for uh, where it's showing where an event is going to happen and they were going to have this luncheon. So the, the flyer says spooktacular. Spooktacular. Now I know, uh, like after I shared this term, and there was a committee that was formed with mostly white people and 
they put a non-white or black female on there. So I'm, I'm wondering how did the word spook get onto this flyer? So they had it decorated. They had them in different colors all over the courthouse. Uh, and what was interesting was that, and what brings me on to my next one was that there was an email that was sent out on Tuesday uh, evening before we left. And it was basically saying, thank you all for all the participation and remember to wear your costumes tomorrow and make sure it's tasteful or whatever the term was. Uh, and it doesn't offend anyone because you'll be immediately asked to change if it doesn't meet our requirements, blah, blah, blah. So now I already, I already said that I didn't want to participate. Okay. And in the email with the warden typed out, it says it's starting to look spooky around here. Um, and, uh, one thing that stood out was the word spooky was in quotes. Like it, you know, the single word was in quotes spooky. Uh, so I forwarded that email to my personal email and I think that was a major act of racism. And, uh, my uh, mother agreed with it. She said it seemed like they were calling black people spooks or whatever. Okay. So, um, basically after that, no black person participated on, on, uh, this past Wednesday. So, you know, I was very glad to, uh, to know that this didn't occur because there was two black females that their supervisor sent out a nasty email about both of them. Um, and this was one of the blunders, I guess, of the white supervisor where she was, uh, exchanging messages with another white supervisor about a black employee. And she replied, send all and messed around and sent it to everybody. So I don't know necessarily what was on that email about that black female, but the other black female, this, uh, white woman, she sent the image out with the dog on it covered in filth and, uh, flies uh, internet meme replying to her saying, well, what kind of friends are these that you have? And, uh, she put that picture on the email. So I never really, um, got the update as to what she did about this, but, um, I can tell that there's going to be a conversation about, um, the, uh, issue of racism. And I'm getting a lot of, uh, white people trying to, offer me food and uh, trying to find a way to minimize me from speaking. Even, and I end with this, um, we usually have a meeting the first Friday of every month. And what I notice is that I have, I'm having the uh, next Friday off. I'll be off next Friday. So I get an email, or we all get an email where it's a message saying that well, due to the, the homecoming parade for, you know, University of Florida and uh, certain staff being out, we won't be able to have the meeting, which was supposed to be this morning. So it's supposed to be next Friday, 
which is the same Friday that I'm off. So uh, I think that was done because they probably didn't want me to hear this information. So I wanted to share that because it's a lot going on with racism. And I think they know that I'm obviously less confused given all of the events this year. And uh, there'll be a lot more to come. And thanks for allowing me to share. Hmm. Uh, I would say much obliged uh, for sharing, sir. Uh, I'm sure uh, given the different examples that you've talked about uh, where you spoke up when they were uh, when they did not offer the public greeting for the new black uh, hiree. I think it was a black female way back at the beginning of the year. Uh, I think it might have been the warden uh, who neglected her. Asking questions about the racial classification. I mentioned that uh, before asking the question. And if a person calls in and gives a racist joke over the phone, uh, what was it? The uh, black and Decker pecker wrecker. How should one respond? I suspect they would say, oh, yes, we would prefer to not have the nigger here present for the meeting uh, so he can add that to his file and ask us a bunch of other questions about this situation. Didn't you all have the situation? There was a black supervisor. They came and uh, he had like letters out in front of his office and they came and, and rearranged uh, the letters in front of his office. Wasn't that a recent one too? Oh yes, that was, that was a, uh, okay. So I have an area downstairs. That was a desk where they had these letters and there was a, a white person that this guy works with. He he's uh, been named a, an assistant supervisor, and he's going to be the supervisor when the uh, the current one retires. So he spelled out "boss" in the person's name. So what that image is is the result of somebody I don't know who it was. They went down and they made some kind of anagram, and they switched. Um, they put N O. Uh, top of boss, so it will spell out no boss. I think that's what it's spelled out. Is is that what it's spelled out, right? I believe so. I think I got a picture of this one as well. Um, yeah, I, that's what I that's what I recollect. Uh, standard operating procedure and pattern of attacking non-white people uh, on the jobs. The band. That's what I just said about Stacy's situation. Like they network the primary conversation is they're talking about the negras uh, exactly what he said about the emails about these black females uh on the job uh and maybe that's going to be you know some of what's talked about at the meeting that you're strangely going to be excluded from uh but that's the stand that's the thing that they're always talking about what are we going to do with these negras what do we think about the negras aren't you upset about these negras getting he nigger over here got a new desk and this one is about to be from i mean that's what they're talking about all the time what are we going to do about all this can we figure out a way to get them fired or to get fewer of them here can we get in i thought we were supposed to be hiring more white women we sent around the the thing anyway we shouldn't even have all these niggers in the building at the courthouse no less that's what they're talking about uh other folks if you have uh commentary on what has been shared uh thus far or if you have your own situation number again 641-715-3640 the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate other folks yes ma'am 
Hello? 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 Yes, ma'am. We can hear you.
the registers from the office uh, like they've been doing for several years now. Uh, they don't have an official uh, cash handle procedure like that I had going on in New, New Orleans when I was working out there. Uh, so this is what we've been doing all along. It's never been a problem, never been reported, this, that, and the other. Whatever reason, whenever she comes into work, she wants me to uh, physically get the registers for her when they're sitting on the counter for her and her um, team to go ahead and get and put in the, the drawers. I don't know what it was. I didn't care. Um, but when she paged for me to go to uh, pharmacy to put the registers in, she knew that the manager, uh, the store manager, was already there. She didn't know where I was standing was right next to the pharmacy window, so I immediately turned on my phone um, and stepped over to the uh, window and just uh, said, because uh, she said it over the intercom very nasty. Everybody was trying to figure out what was going on. And I said, hey, Stephanie, I had appreciated you have your uh, pharmacy technicians when they clock in. They can turn right around and just pick up the registers right then and there. There's no need for me to be bringing you your registers. You don't do that with anybody else. And she was like, well, I don't have a problem with anybody else but you. So she said this in front of uh, people. So I said, okay. I said, well, I'm tired of your racism at this point. And so that's when she was. She just got all, you know, because like I said, I, I've just been going through a lot of said dealing with stuff. Um, going on with my dad, um, my mom's uh, brother just got killed, uh, so tragically. So my my patience with white people is not even existent. I'm just I, I don't even care anymore. So I just, so after I said that, she was like, "Well, is Mark here?" And I said, "Sure, call him." So he's running out of office with the registers, and he's asking me to help. And I said, "No, you put those registers in, and we go back to the office to talk about this because I'm gonna go ahead and call corporate." and let them know about this exchange. I said, because she's the last person that needs to talk to me because uh, she made the statement saying that I'm being unprofessional. And I said, you're the last person to talk to me about being unprofessional. You, you refer to black people as niggers, and you talk um, to customers uh, courteously and stuff, and I'm, I'm just not going to take it. So he, he was trying to get me to come back there and do whatever. I told him, absolutely not. Go ahead and do what you need to do, and let's go to this office because we're going to go ahead and squash this right now. And so <laughs> he eventually uh, finished um, putting in the registers, and we head to the back office. I just pretty much uh, uh, let him know where I stood with all of this and um, just told him I'm just tired of uh, their, them, uh, you know, discriminating against me. I feel that um, ever since I've reported this incident to uh, you guys, instead of going after uh, the individual, you guys have uh, singled me out and made me the problem. I'm the one that had my tire slashed by uh, somebody that you guys didn't even do a proper background check on, uh, never got compensated for it. You guys came after me over that. And it's just been on and on and on. And I, I just, you know, I'm just not going to tolerate it. So uh, after that weekend I worked, 
I was uh, off a few days uh, last week, Monday and Tuesday. So when I got back to work Wednesday, but by then I had already talked to my dad, and he was just like, um, just uh, call it quit. Go ahead and, um, because of what he's going through right now, he uh, needs me uh, up in um, Virginia uh, for business and uh, just told me, just screw it. Uh, try and see if you get a, a transfer. If not, don't worry about it. Just try and move on and uh, we'll have things set up in Virginia with his company and stuff. So um, he just wanted me to get out of the environment of constantly having to go in, battling with them over this this uh, stuff going on in the store. So um, I went on ahead and uh, drew up my uh, FMLA paperwork because I had already been in contact with corporate. They're, they were already aware of the incident in, in reference to the pharmacy manager. Um, and ever since I've uh, been in communication uh, with corporate for the past several weeks now in regards to what this, uh, both the store manager and the assistant store manager have been doing, they since retaliated against me by giving me a low score on my performance review. So now, so now that's impacting me being able to even transfer at this point. Because even when I go to put in my information um, on our company website uh, to do the request, that's the first thing that they ask. So um, by the time I got back uh, Wednesday, I had dropped off the paperwork to the union because I thought he was going to be there because I thought the DM was going to be there because he had it on the calendar. So afterwards, I went on ahead and um, dropped the paper off. He tried to text me Wednesday, asking me questions about it. Even, but, you know, I was telling him whatever because I was already on the phone with uh, corporate uh, explaining to them, you know, I had already faxed over the initial paperwork. And... Um, so uh, by the time I got into the office, he basically was trying to uh, grill me on uh, as to why I wanted to go out on FMLA and I'm still obligated to work these uh, five days. And I was just like, no, not really. If you go out on FL, FMLA, I mean, that's on y'all. Y'all can do whatever y'all want. I'm out. So uh, you could uh, uh, go ahead and make uh, Wednesday would have been my last day, but um, I tried to be nice towards the end and say, well, I'll tell you what, if it's going to help you out, I can uh, work until Friday, and um, afterwards, you know, hey, y'all do what y'all got to do. Um, so my technically my last day was Friday, but when initially, after I had my exchange with him Wednesday about my FMLA, uh, paperwork. I When I had came in that day, like I said, usually when I first come in, uh, within that first hour, I have my phone on record. Um, I had since um, put two terabytes on my phone, so I'm constantly recording stuff and sending it to my uh, thing. So this time around, when I stepped out of the office, I had already had my phone on charge, and I didn't think it was going to record, but I had it uh, flipped over, and it basically captured them immediately after I left the office just talking trash about me, 
um, uh, they referred to me as a cancer, which was interesting because he already knows my dad is going through radiation uh, treatment. And um, that's the word that you want to use to describe me. And you also, you know, but I'm a cancer to the store, apparently, in their eyes, because I'm not willing to lie down and just let them run amok over me or, you know, uh, continue to uh, discriminate against me. Uh, but it just showed their their callousness and how um, it also captured uh, him calling the DM and basically just telling her all these lies about me. And, and it just gave you a real uh, insight to just what what white people say behind closed doors, pretty much. Uh, but it was very nasty, and like I said, I had shared it with my dad, and he was just like, yeah, it's time to go. So um, as of now, like I said, I'm on my FMLA. I'm technically uh, still with the company. If I'm able to eventually transfer, that's great. If not, I already have a job lined up. Uh, so really, it's just, you know, just buying myself time, and when I feel like I want to contact them again and let them know whether or not I'm going to continue being with the company or not, I'll I'll do that when it suits me. Um, but I just have to be in place uh, uh, for for uh, trying to help uh, take over some things with my dad's uh, company right now. Other than that, that's it. Well, first and foremost, uh, I'm uh, just stunned and saddened to hear about the loss of your brother. Um, my condolences. My mom's brother, my uncle. Mom's brother. Thank you for the clarification. Uh, your uncle, uh, your mother, family have our condolences. Uh, certainly that's in addition to dealing with your father's uh, illness. I hope... He has a speedy uh, recovery. Uh, wish him the best uh, out in the great state of Virginia. And you going to help him, that's grand as well. Um, I think in terms of your workplace situation, using your recorder, I think many folks have you know, made the recorder a standard part of their practice uh, to try to defend themselves on the job and to just have evidence uh, when these type of things are being said uh, on the job. Uh, I think with your situation, with some of what you've been reporting, you've been sticking, you know, pretty solidly uh, to your code. I certainly <clears throat> would, would encourage listeners uh, about not making accusations of racism on the job. Just it's been my experience. It's very difficult uh, to prove uh, and the burden of proof immediately shifts to you to show that they are being racist and generally in a system of white supremacy, they make it impossible uh, for a black person to say, oh yeah, you've satisfactory, you've proved uh, beyond reason that this white person was practicing racism, regardless of what, you know, the crime is. They generally say, oh no, I don't think it's racism. He might've, you know, lynched a few niggers. Hell, who hasn't? But uh, racist? Yeah, yeah, I'm just... Uh, but beyond that, uh, and I mean, you already said you had just had enough. Uh, beyond that, I think uh, I'm just so pleased that you're at a spot where you can just say, hey, I'm going to take care of my father as best I can and get time away from all of this because it's just been 
one incident of terrorism uh, after another with a variety of different employees. And I've talked before, I think we've talked before, when you're in these really, uh, this is beyond toxic. I mean, just it's just total terrorism. And it's been non-white people uh, who have mistreated you and abused you in this situation. It's been whites, the whole, everyone. Uh, when you're in a situation like that, and I mean, if this is not something we get, this is, you know, like a career situation for me. This is a spot where I'm well taken care of. I'm advancing. I'm learning things. I'm excited uh, about what I'm doing. If that's not the case, then, hey, I should not be hanging out here for, you know, three years, four years, even one year. Uh, I really should be trying to to get into a, a better situation uh, for myself. So I, and you said you already batting a thousand on this and already got another job situation set up and you can kind of pick when you've taken care of your dad and he's doing great. If I want to go back, fine. If not, no problem there. Already got something else lined up. That is spectacular. Uh, just, I would encourage more folks to make sure that we do as much as we can to not get uh, kind of sucked into those situations that are really, really toxic. And maybe this is just something that we were doing to tide us over until a better opportunity comes along and we end up being there for a long time. Uh, and just a lot of other really non-constructive things can happen when you end up getting bogged down in these just really poisonous terrorist environments that racists create for us on the job. So I'm glad you're out again. I'm sorry for the loss of your mother's brother, your uncle, and uh, wishing the best for your father. Uh, others who dialed in, if you have questions or comments on what's been shared thus far, or if you have uh, your own situation that you want to discuss, uh, if we've missed you completely, line should be open. Proceed. May I be heard? Yes, sir. Uh, hi, um, this is uh, B.S. Ronan, I'm calling from New York, I listened to the program, the the uh, archive podcast on YouTube often, most of the time, a lot. Um, I called in once before, and I mentioned that I uh, work in an environment that is almost totally... Uh, non-white people so it's pretty productive um and i was like you know pretty much it's it's a uh uh one of the best if not the best environment i've ever worked in um well <laughs> i would like to uh add on to that with uh there are issues it took some time I've been there for about six months now. It took some time, but there are issues. Uh, because being in a system of white supremacy that we are in, a lot of others are, have issues and baggage. We all have VGQ. So we all have our issues that we come with and we bring to the table. Um, Nothing is drastic. I mean, I wouldn't trade this for any other prior situ environments that I worked in for the world. I wouldn't, you know, nothing too drastic. But however, there's jockeying for position. And um, 
it, this has to do with employment, but it's something that I always want to bring up, but I rarely ever get the chance to. And that is that in my field, I work in the uh, technology field, uh, com, com, uh, desktop, uh, system analyst, engineering, things like that. Um, and prior to the stock market crash, it was an area that was very lucrative for a lot of black men. I have a lot of many of my friends work in this area. But uh, during the presidency of uh, Barack Obama, he put forth a lot of visas. I think the H1N1 visas. And that brought in a lot of uh, Indians over into the field, flooded the market and just brought the pay rates down and pushed a lot of brothers out. So that seems to be a problem that was a problem for 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 employment everything turned to contractors there was no longer steady work and everything turned to contractors so in a prior position i worked with a lot of uh of uh i worked underneath a lot of pakistani indian type of uh, other other people in the technology field now, in this new position I was brought on to, I was brought on to by a brother, a Trinidadian brother. And he brought me on. And I swear, now that I look hindsight 2020, I, now that I look, I can see that he definitely brought me on more than likely because I'm black. And he brought on another worker who's also black. And he pretty much flooded it with a, he has brother, he surrounded himself with brothers. Kind of, I don't know if this is a metaphor, he inoculated himself. Would that be a metaphor? Mm, definitely definitely uh i don't want to say i can't say covered himself he 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 pretty much surrounded himself with brothers so that it would he wouldn't be able to be outmaneuvered ah, is that a metaphor too mm, secure this position he he it, it, and now it turns out that he was um that he he was he there's a uh, uh now there's a white guy who was promoted over him he was actually his title was underneath him but now he's now our new boss so the only thing in the transition is that he actually is under my boss but they the the transition is necessary for him to get a raise and a promotion and then he'll become my boss's boss but i digress uh the the the, the major issue is that when we were on a project and I ran into a lot of the Pakistan, the Pakistan and Indian brothers who I worked with on a prior project. And they all assumed that I was there as a contractor because that's kind of what many other brothers were relegated to. And it was really to their surprise that I actually was a permanent staff thanks to the brother who put me in this position here. So even though it seems that the, I'm not directly it, it appears that I'm not as directly impacted by white supremacy as normal. You still really can't, you're still inside of the system of it. So it it still affects you. So, it, you know, I, sorry if I rambled on, but that's all I wanted to say. I, I'll mute my line. Global system. Uh, you can find some locations that, you know, are maybe have slightly better resources or slightly, uh, 
I guess, more enjoyable, more productive, uh, whatever metric you want to use for whatever reason. But I mean, we are still in the system. That's why even when I'm gloating about the wonders of Seattle, I generally say it is the best plantation. I say that for a reason. I also wanted to say, uh, I only say the compensatory call in. That's the only broadcast where I request that we not use metaphors. However, I do appreciate greatly uh, listeners making an effort to be more, what is it, dropping their pennies to think about when they're going to use these metaphors. I think that is important, and especially to make sure that we're able to, you know, uh, explicitly explain what's happening. It shouldn't just be that the, the metaphor is the only way that we can describe what's happening. We should be able to talk, speak directly to what's taking place, which I think you were able to do, sir. Just took some thinking, which that is required of all of us every day. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in with a question, even though that is an interesting strategy to, to hire a lot of black people to keep from I guess having race soldiers or others come in and, and manipulate how, you know, you're going to, if you're going to get a promotion and that sort of thing, what's going to happen with other folks that are working there. Uh, let's see other folks who dialed in that we have missed completely. If you dialed in with a hand up and we've not heard from you at all, if you have commentary line should be open. Can I be heard? Uh, codified software developer. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Good evening, Gus. Uh, good evening to all the callers and listeners. Um, I came in on the broadcast late, late, so I didn't hear all the commentary, but I didn't know if there were any outstanding questions this evening. Brother Gus? Let's see. I know I asked uh, Thomas in New York used the term chanky and said that I thought that term had some racial connotations. I looked it up. The definition didn't have anything explicit uh, about racism, but I did ask if folks had any thoughts about use of the term janky. Uh, were there any other questions? I'm not thinking of any other. Oh, I guess I did ask if, if folks uh, either the Halloween holiday uh, came up as an issue on the job or the people that are in areas where they're having uh, important midterms, uh, if that's generating any conversation on the job as well. Other than that, I can't think of any questions that were raised. Okay. Um, in response to the word Yankee, I don't know, so I won't comment on that. As far as Halloween goes, um, didn't really have anything going on at the job. There's one manager who always seems to dress up in these very outlandish outfits every year. This year he was Luigi from uh, Super Mario Brothers, so that was interesting, but I only saw him briefly. Um, as a side note, they used to, at the job that I have, they used to uh, decorate the floors every year um, for Halloween, and one year apparently they decorated the basement in the theme of Lost, and then everybody dressed up as a character from Lost. Um, I was not uh, working at this company at that time, but I always wondered, there were a couple of non-white characters on that show that had pretty prominent roles, and I always wondered if somebody decided to dress up like one of them, considering that there are very few non-white people at the company that I work at. Um, so that brings me to a couple of observations 
that I had over this past week. So there's a gentleman, um, he works as a janitor um, with the company, or he worked as a janitor with the company. Uh, he's been working there for about 14 years. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a nice guy, but he's overly um, friendly with, with white people. You know, he, he seeks white validation, you know, just like a lot of us do. And um, they decided to, when the company was bought out by this larger company, the larger company decided to get rid of, well, they decided to um, sort of, they decided to use a third-party cleaning company for the janitorial staff and get rid of or, you know, shorten the hours of the janitorial staff that's already there, which is actually predominantly black. and they decided to take away the vacation and the benefits of the janitorial staff that stayed on, and the janitorial staff had to reapply for their job. And he decided that, well, he did reapply, and he did not get the day shift due to seniority, so he decided to move on. Um, and so to, and so this week, apparently, one of the suspected racists at my job decided that I want to get him a cake, and uh, so, you know, I chipped in for this one. I don't typically chip in, but I will chip in for a black or non-white employee. So I did. And today we had the cake. Um, and there's two suspected races. This is why I don't eat anything at my job and why I encourage other people not to eat things at their job. But um, there were two suspected races getting this cake together and cutting it and putting it on plates. And... They were touching the cake, and I uh, there's so there's about six black females. There's six black people, period, that work in my company, all black females. Um, and three of us were downstairs, and we were watching this, and we all decided that we were not going to get a piece of this cake anyway. So uh, we just kept watching it, and uh, one of them licked their fingers. One of the white females licked their fingers and then went back to touching and cutting this cake. And then a fourth black female came downstairs, and before we could grab her, she went and grabbed a piece of cake. And uh, we were just like, um, yeah, I wouldn't eat that if I were you, you know. But, um, yeah, I, I really recommend not getting things to eat from or at your job. Uh, so this, this black male, you know, all, you know, these White people came downstairs. They were pretty dismissive of him, but he was just so excited that they bought him this cake and everything. And, you know, like, you know, me and the other black females gave him a hug and then we kind of left because we knew, you know, that really the important people to him were the white people, you know. So that was, that's unfortunate, but, you know, for all of the things that he did, he was just so friendly and everything. He still lost his job. And so that's really, um, you know, I think a lot of times black people are not codified or non-white people are not codified because we think uh, being friendly or being um, being subservient or what have you to white people is going to help us or going to save us from mistreatment or anything, and it doesn't. Um, so out of the six black people at my job, one is an intern, actually, we have a black female who's an intern in our business intelligence department. And she was she's uh, slated to graduate in December, and so I was talking to her, um, and I asked her if they were going to make her an offer, and she said that she had been talking to someone 
uh, the day before, and they said they didn't have, um, they didn't know if they had enough in the budget, and so they didn't know if they could do that or not. And meanwhile, we're being told that the company is expanding and that they're looking to hire more people, and there are two other interns that are non-black. One is non-black, non-white. The other one is white, who are who they've been talking about giving off this shoe. And the VI team is like two people. So I think they could probably use another person, but they have told her this. Um, I suspect that she was there to replace somebody, another black person, if they leave, primarily me, because for a while, of course, they were stalking my LinkedIn and everything. I guess they want to keep their quota together. Um, and, uh, that's all I have to share tonight. I will meet my line. Thanks so much. Hmm. Much obliged. Uh, that is, they lie to black people on a pretty regular basis. We just don't have the money to bring you on. We sure would like to have you as a part of our family. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go, right. Oh, we're giving everybody a new race. Everybody's getting a bonus. Absolutely. Woo. But yeah, we don't have enough money to hire any of the new Nickras. Uh The black male that was uh, seeking white validation, he was probably feverish. That was the first thought that came to mind. But that is uh, standard, uh, I think, seeking. It's standard both in terms of seeking white validation on the job uh, and elsewhere and the licking of the fingers uh, and totally unsanitary practices with the food. I, the whole time I was saying, uh, Cesar Sayoc, he worked at the pizza restaurant. He was a delivery driver. He worked at the pizza restaurant. He very easily could have worked at the bakery that put that cake together. I mean, just keeping that in mind in general. Uh, but certainly anytime that there's any sort of functions on the job, I've said that consistently, uh, I would make it a habit of not eating whatever excuse you need to come up with i got uh gluten problems i got food allergies i'm dieting i'm vegan i'm lactose intolerant i'm fasting whatever it is i'm doing the keto diet whatever excuse you got to come up with uh i'll die if a peanut hits my lips i can't do it i just can't do it leave it alone it's not something that you want to mess with i get caesar sayak he worked at the pizza company where he bragged about his love of Adolf Hitler. Much less the licking of the hands and how many of them love dogs and all of that. I'm just not an advocate of eating on the job and protect your own food. We've had enough folks who've dialed in about that as well. Uh, and Securing your own food to make sure that it is not being tampered with uh, while you are <clears throat> on the job. That's it. Uh, other folks who dialed in, the number again, 641-715-3640, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, others, if anybody that we missed completely has a hand up that we've not heard from at all. Got everybody. Grant. Uh, if other folks uh, have commentary, if you have additional comments, uh, questions, feel free. Uh, certainly, uh, if other folks are listening uh, and you have a comment or suggestion on what's been shared, 
uh, feel free to share also. I saw Thomas in New York mailed the question. Make sure we get all of our Halloween commentary. So the photograph, this, it looks like two suspected racists, white man, white woman, uh, if I was, you know, going to take a gander. And one of them at least has on a dashiki, maybe uh, a medal or two. Uh, and then the white woman looks like she might have on a dashiki or something close to it as well. Were they... Were they trying to be black nationalists? Was that their Halloween costume? Or You might not be able to share with us, but that's what it looks like to me. Maybe they dressed up. They were going to be members of the Black Panther or I don't know. But uh, any excuse to mock black people will do. Break out our dashikis and be cool for the last day of October. Uh, other folks who dialed in have commentary questions. I guess I have a question. Uh, let's see. We'll get the female caller first. Yep, that's fine. Uh, I did have a question about the uh, clip that you shared at the beginning of the broadcast, where I guess the uh, commentator was talking about. I think the caller from. The UK had mentioned of it too, because it was kind of confusing. I guess basically they were saying that uh, black females that were more educated or had uh, uh, some type of degree um, is are were they trying to basically say that they're able to uh, what's the um, internalize? Uh, the racism that they experienced, so that's why it was, I guess, the findings they were showing uh, that they were able to handle with the stresses more because of their education level. Uh, if I understood the report correctly, it was the thesis was that the black females who had more education, even though they also experienced stress from racism. They were able to deal with it better, presumably because they had more education. So they had a better understanding of racism and having that better understanding of racism is what allegedly allowed them to cope with it better so that they could have lower stress levels. Whereas they were saying the black females that had less education, presumably they would encounter stress with racism, but would not understand that it was racism that was causing the stress and so they would internalize it and say oh it's not racism it must be something defective about me and so they would have higher levels of stress uh, that was what the report was suggesting I think does that make sense does... yeah I, 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 yeah I would definitely have to disagree because I mean I guess my question would be, well, what is their definition of racism? Because, uh, I mean, you got educated people around, but they don't understand what racism like supremacy is in actuality. So, I don't, I don't know. Interesting. I suspect the data from that study is available to see if they have a definition for racism and more of the details about how they concluded that the black females with more education 
that that meant that they had a better grasp of racism. Uh, there might be data in the report specifically. So I'll see if I can uh, share. Maybe we can track down the folks who did the study to ask them more detailed questions. Let's see, were you going to comment on that, uh, Stacey, since you did raise a report saying that you also didn't agree with that assessment from the report? I, I, I mean, the point is, it just doesn't make sense. Um, I think the, uh, the question about what is their definition of racism is, is, is a good one. But even with the definition, it still doesn't make any sense unless the definition is just, there's no relation to actually what we know as the definition for racism used on the cows. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, can I add a couple more things, Gus? I reckon. I will say briefly, since we're probably segue from that topic, uh, that I have seen data that whites have shown, allegedly, there is a correlation between the longer you stay in school, uh, meaning like uh, college, university and such, the longer that you stay in school and the greater the likelihood that you will have sexual intercourse with a white person. I have seen that study. That's not me making up. I've seen that study. That right there would suggest to me that there is an inverse correlation between the longer you stay in school and your understanding of racism, white supremacy. I could be in error. Anywho, go ahead, Stacey. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one of the earlier callers, oh, I believe, talked about his child's um, ideas being um, colonized. I'm going to use the word. Um, by uh, suspected racists. Similar thing happened to my daughter when she was at uni. She um, was on an enterprise program, so the you know it's business support program, and the they, they would give them grants. Uh, obviously, they have to pitch their ideas and demonstrate business plan. And one of the tutors was being really hostile to her, and. Then eventually she found out that he was mirroring her project and I guess he's been hostile to interrogate her to get her business model so he could run off and steal her idea. So it happens on a regular basis. Um, in terms of my codification, um, I, um, I, I, again, I'm still pleased and pobbering at 95. I did get a little bit irritated about something today. Um, which was to do with what I talked about last week, the um, response to the political questions that we are required to produce. Um, there's an additional requirement to track any commitments made. So I was relaying it back to the team this morning in a, um, a team meeting. Um, one of the racist suspects who um, was meddling the last time round started um saying, well, there needs to be a process, there needs to be a process, because I'm basically saying every officer needs to retrospectively go back and look at all the questions that they've responded to for the year and track any commitments made and the progress. And that's a steer from the political office. It's not It's not my request. I'm just coordinating the process. Um, but obviously, you know, um, well, the, 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 the racist suspect male who used to lead the process he never encountered any of this hostility before, but it, it just seems to be a major problem now that I'm involved in the process. And so she was challenging and coming up with her idea of a process for getting this done, which made absolutely no sense. 
and the non-white female again who I had unfortunately had to put in a grievance again who was experiencing anti-blackness last week again she's in the team meeting I agree with the race soldier she didn't use that term I am um there needs to be a process um and the fact is I had outlined a process and so what I did is um at the end of the meeting sent an email said this is what it's going to be anybody who's got any other ideas put your process forward by the end of the day i'd already agreed the approach with my manager and i said i'm going to send out an email but yeah it's just ongoing hostility but overall i am hovering at 95 and one thing i would say in terms of what's worked for me in terms of keeping on track particularly around remaining serious in the workplace and just um being conscious of what I'm saying, I I guess it's probably been recommended on the cows before, but I really now consciously, before I open my mouth, there's a question that immediately comes into my head. Why are you going to say that? Or why, why are you going to speak to this person? So that even where, you know, perhaps in the past I would have engaged in... Um, trivial conversation with people or felt the urge to crack a joke <laughs> you know and I didn't realize how much I did it until I've consciously um edited myself why are you going to say that why are you speaking to this person and so I if I do speak it's because it might be part of my codification so I'm going to engage in some um conversation with a potential race soldier just to to you know demonstrate that I'm not being the hostile negra but um I you know it really helps for me to ask myself a question up front and it's become a, it, it's a it's a habit now I don't even do it consciously um so that's just one recommendation for people but I'll meet my line there guys great suggestion that seems like it would be a helpful way to kind of monitor what we're saying uh, just to make sure that we're not talking and saying words uh, carelessly. That is not a habit that we want to be in on the job, speaking recklessly. Uh, the male caller who yielded the floor, much obliged for your patience, sir. Uh, proceed. Thank you. Um, so a couple things. One is I wanted to, to say... Um, I'm taking an online class, and the class is on management. And one of the so that's some questions, you know, as far as a workplace culture or organizational culture was one of the topics there. And then it kind of listed different uh, dimensions of the workplace culture. And as I'm reading through it, it's funny because after listening for a while uh, of the cows. I'm kind of wanting to to look back and say, well, shucks, they should list one of these cultures as a racist culture. <laughs> um, because one of the questions that the instructor asked is that, as an employee, what are the two main important um, cultures would you list as important to you if you were to work at a company? And they list different, again, in different dimensions there. And, of course, racism isn't one of them. Uh, racist culture is not one of them, but uh, uh, and then he asked he asked a question about um, as a manager, you know what's important to you of these dimensions? What's important to you? And one of the dimensions talks about being like a team 
working in a team type culture. And I've mentioned that as being one of the things that's important to me. And then he came back and asked another question saying, okay, well, I'm glad that you mentioned, I want to talk about this some more, but what would you do if you had a team member that was disruptive? How would you handle that? And so, you know, prior to listening to Kyle, there wasn't, you know, I, I, you know, mentioned my own thoughts and, and views. But after listening to the couch for a while, my initial response was, well, first, I thoroughly uh, familiarized myself with the policy of the company, of what the policy says about uh, dealing with people who are disruptive. And then I would ask, you know, HR, their views of how to handle the situation. And then I'll ask other managers and so on. Um, and then he came back, and I didn't know of his position at the time. He came back and said, well, that's great that you that you mentioned that as an HR, I forget if he says a manager or resource manager, something relating to HR. Uh, he says, that's that's really great. I would answer this. I would have answered the same way concerning the company's policy. So, you know, again, uh, that's what I learned from listening to the cows. Uh, but one of the things I wanted to uh, ask as a question to others, you know, if being in management and wanting to grow and, and, and climb that ladder and be more in a position where you earn higher pay, uh, I'm finding it a little bit challenging to, you know, as you start to develop your code of how to deal with people and specifically in a majority all white um, environment, culture, I could even call that a culture, right? Um, where there's only two blacks. And it's funny that um, uh, Coastside Software um, was speaking about uh, having cake. And they just had cake the other day celebrating the birthdays for the month. And it happened to be, you know, my month. And I didn't go. I didn't participate. I didn't even want to be bothered. But the challenge that I'm having is, is how to, you know, develop your code and, and deal with people the majority of the people that's on your job are white, right? Um, how do you fit into that culture and and develop your code without really being too personal, without revealing a lot about yourself and family? Because the more you talk with people, the more you, you know people are going to be asking questions, and the more that you're going to be potentially, if you're going to want to move up in a management type position, um, then you've got to be you've got to kind of fit that culture of the organization of being social, being friendly, being outgoing, you know, the type of leadership that they want or are looking for in the company. They want that type of a person who's, you know, social, friendly, um, conversate with everyone, get along with everyone, being a team player and the list goes on. Right. Um, but the more you start to, to see the racist culture, the more you don't want to be involved with sharing a lot of personal things or a lot of conversation that are not job related. Um, but again, once you're there for a number of years and those years multiply, um, you know, it's almost kind of hard to not share things, you know? So I don't know if, any, if anyone else is in that kind of predicament, how do you deal with it? How do you be that social type of person and move up in management, but still kind of keep your code, um, of dealing with with white people, and, and let me just say this as well, and, and then I'll let this, and the others have thoughts or, or comments there. But one of the things that's said about that organizational culture 
is one of the things that talked about, you know, once you develop that workplace culture, then there is a, you know, you've got to now maintain that culture. And so one of the things that talked about um, maintaining that culture is on the hiring process, hiring the people that fit within that culture. And it just, again, it just made me think so much of if it's a racist culture, then they're not going to hire people to kind of disrupt that culture, you know. So, again, I just thought it very interesting. It all kind of fits into discussions about workplace and all um, and dealing with leadership and management. And, and, again, I'm just finding it a little challenging of, all right, how, how, do I, how do I, you know, be that type of a person that the company's looking for, but yet still kind of hold back and not be that social? <laughs> you know, I find it a little challenging. Anyone else have thought the comments there? I was going to say a word, but I will pause. Uh, do we have any uh, black listeners, non-white listeners who are in management in predominantly white jobs uh, where you have kind of figured out how to ad- adjust your, your code uh, while still being able to converse with the whites uh, around you and function, be uh I guess, jovial or at least be perceived as a team player while you are still on course following your counter-racist code? Got a couple of responses. Let's hear uh, Stacy in the UK. So it's 2.34 a.m. Saturday morning across the pond. Yes, ma'am. I'll, I'll be quick. Um... Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've been going through lots of challenges, although I have to say, you know, in as much as I've experienced racism quite a bit, um, you know, in in previous roles, it wasn't as uh, toxic as what I'm dealing with now. Um, I probably was more codified than I realised, but um, serious, but interacting when I needed to. But what I would say um, is that, over the last couple of weeks or sorry, months, what I have been doing now is paying much more attention to the way in which actually white people in the team interact with each other. And I, I, I think we kind of underestimate how important it is to observe how they interact with each other because I think it's already been said before on the programme, they don't always get on, but they're very codified. But I noticed that there's a lot of fakeness and a, a lot even in in the everyday interactions. So whether they like each other or not, you know, there's there's the over teaminess, you know, clapping and congratulating each other when things get done for the most minor things, you know, or um, being extra. You know, I mean, I'm not saying you want to become sycophant because it's it's really sickly, but I, and that is it's that kind of behaviour that really used to get on my nerves or just really I used to question it. But actually, sometimes it's you know, say for example, someone's run an event, emails will fly around and they're copying in the whole team. Oh, well done, such and such, and then the next person says, Oh yeah, wonderful. I think, why, why do you need to copy everyone into all these emails? Because then my inbox is flooded with lots of messages that I really don't need to be need to be in my inbox. But then this is part of the fakeness. 
And that's what they're doing to be seen to be teaming when really they probably all despise each other. So I think we, we don't employ some of those um, tools, if you like, but I think those are the things to um, think about and ask lots of questions so that you don't need to reveal things about yourself, which is what I did on Monday at an event. I had to network with a number of people and it was amazing how much people responded well to me just asking lots of questions about them and being interested in what they were talking about in terms of their self, themselves. The most familiar mystery, Mr. Neely Fuller Jr. says, uh, but just to Stacy's point, I think that's so great about asking questions. Uh, I think you can consistently rely on the narcissism of whites uh, where the attention is focused on them and you can ask questions about them and what they're doing. I think you can really do a lot of and just include that as both. This is a part of my work, my study for my advancement and protection on the job and my study of what it means to be classified as white, where you're just studying asking questions about the people that are around you, learning about them. And you can spend a lot of that time talking amicably, chummy, asking them questions uh, and studying the whites that are around you. I think that's very solid uh, recommendation. Uh, was Princess, you were going to comment as well, ma'am? Uh, yes, I was going to say um, I'm actually in the process of uh, a lot of the work that my dad uh, deals with is dealing with uh, a lot of classified information. And part of um, my role in his company now is uh, what's called a facility security officer that I'm um, trying to uh, study for and get certified for. Um, basically, uh, when, while I was up there, he uh, was talking to me about um, learning how to speak to people on a need-to-know basis. And that's pretty much uh, how I've applied things in the system of white supremacy when it comes to workplace is we know the problem primarily is white people. And where I'm at, I, have, I deal with a lot of people that classify themselves as Hispanic or Latino. And for me, I've already concluded that they are associated um, with white people more so. So I treat them accordingly, and they're on a case-by-case -case basis with me. Then you have, um, well, the only other a black person, uh, my uh, uh, Haitian, uh, my good friend. And so I have certain conversations with her that I wouldn't have with anybody else. Um, I have conversations with Hispanic and Latino people. Um, that I wouldn't, of course, have with a white person. And I keep it strictly business with white people. I don't share um, my um, social media account. A lot of people don't even know I have one. And in the past, uh, when I've been asked, like when I left Friday, everybody was like, oh, um, you can hit me up on Facebook. Oh, I don't have a Facebook account. I don't even use it that much. Oh, you got Instagram? No. I don't know how to use it. And it's just like, again, being able to know how to mitigate uh, and uh, secure information is uh, what I'm just in me studying this 
it, I'm, I, I've also been able to apply that in the workplace. And, you know, you could still be uh, social with people, but they don't have to know really too much about you. I mean, it's, it, I think uh, getting familiar with your, um, your policy and procedure book um, is, is a good tool. Uh, you know, you can uh, have, uh, you know, your team meetings are, are filled with your team uh, members on a personal level, but always keep it professional so that way, you know, like I don't have conversations about politics, religion, Area 8, nothing like that. Although, like, my, my friend uh, um, uh, who happens to be Haitian, uh, we, we talk about stuff all the time. Again, this is somebody that I've already vetted and made sure that, you know, her and I are on the same page. And like she said, you know, I don't have, now that you're gone, I don't have anybody that's going to have my back here. And so um, uh, just just knowing how to uh, feed people or control people with information on a need-to-know basis. It, you know, just learning how to, you don't always have to say uh, everything uh, to everybody. Uh, if they need to know uh, something that's uh, pertinent to you, then uh, if you've already vetted them to make sure that they they are who they are in relation to you, then that's the choice you make. But like I said, in the context of white supremacy, you know, there's certain tiers in which I allow certain information about me uh, to get out to those individuals. If you're a white person, you, I, you're, you're, you know, that's, that's not even a question. Hispanic and Latino people, because I know how they placate off of uh, us, um, I'm definitely suspicious of, but I still give that uh, kumbaya feel. Uh, but I always look out for me and my kind first. Were there other folks who were going to respond to that question about how you function, I guess, especially if you're functioning as a manager or supervisor, as they say, in a predominantly white work environment? Uh, how do you function while being codified, while still uh, conversing uh, and being cordial? with the suspected racists that you work with? Uh, may I be heard? Yes, sir. Uh, this is uh, BX Ronin uh, calling from uh, from New York again. Um, and I would like to agree with everything that sister said prior. Definitely um, limit how much information is passed. Um, I'm a veteran, Marine Corps veteran, and uh, one of the things that I picked up during my time in the service was kind of uh, kind of dealing with being surrounded by uh, white people predominantly, and uh, how they operate, how they move, and in that regard, they the racism was 
more they, they they spewed it more freely. They spoke their racism more freely. Uh, you dealt with people who had never seen a black person before. Um, at least they claim, right? Uh, so in that regard, what back on the corporate side, when I came, when I got out the military and I returned back to the corporate side, a strategy that I tend to use often is, uh, you can you, you, you investigate them and to some degree on a small scale, I feel like you can manipulate them because of their ego and their arrogance. On a small scale, I feel you can manipulate them and, and get the and limit the conversation to certain common grounds, frivolous things of of not that that aren't of uh, that aren't of too much importance, you know. And you kind of you never really show your hand too much. You don't. Uh, you you don't let them know your inner workings as much you still and, and definitely i 100 and i am in agreement with the social functions like avoid the social function right so uh, uh avoid the social function as, as much because it, because it's 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 a it's a mind it's, it's dangerous you you can end up getting in caught in 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 casual social situations that you can end up saying too much or being exposed to too much. And it'll, it'll risk your, your, your employment. It'll risk your position. It'll risk your job. Um, it'll have the exact opposite effect of what, of what it's claimed supposed to have, which is increase your security with your coworkers. It'll be the exact opposite because if you don't behave as rambunctious as they do, then they'll take it personally and it'll end up affecting you negatively. So, you know, avoid the social functions. And me, myself, I tend to play towards the socially awkward ones. The more, quote unquote, nerds, the socially awkward ones. And, and in that realm, because they don't socialize either. <laughs> so, uh, and, and they'll, they'll be the, you can get the inner workings of the company through them without ever really having to put yourself on line, on, on the line of exposing too much, divulging too much information about who you are. So I don't really do the social functions. I avoid uh, giving too much information and pretty much keep it, you know, very surface. How's the weather type of stuff, you know, uh, current events, if that, but as long as it's not too political. Um, yeah, but I definitely agree with everything that Sister said before. And and many of the and many of the suggestions that 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 all, that we often give on that that you often hear on the show avoiding social functions sobriety um, a lot of that's a lot of those things definitely but it also plays into your into your stability in the workplace at least it does for mine I I kind of adhere to those rules and that's I'll mute my line black like brother hell context of white supremacy we had a person, listener, who wrote in uh, their commentary. My question, isn't it illegal for your boss to question you on your FMLA leave? I'm preparing to hand in my paperwork and I'm sure my white female boss will harass me for it. At this point, the terrorism at my job has gotten progressively worse towards me. 
It's so bad, it's showing in my outside appearance as in stress is a major trigger. My white female boss is dedicated, and he put that in all capital letters, to practicing racism against me. She consistently uses her biracial sons whenever she comes after me to protect herself. I guess, insert cowbell. Uh, even though I do not think biracial is a correct term, suggest that there are multiple races, there are not. I was scheduled to leave early the other day, and before I left, I had four whites and a victim surround me and watch me until I clocked out. These people watch me every day, but this particular day, it was much more intense. My boss has also told my coworkers to never help me even when I have no choice but to ask for their assistance to complete my projects. They completely ignore me. My white female boss, who is married to a black male, has ran out all the black employees uh, through the years. It's that bad. If uh, that's one of those, if you have your recorder or if that's email or what have you, that someone on the job is saying that this person is never to receive help like wow that is major uh i mean such an and we talk uh mr fuller especially talks about using the constitution are any other employees denied help on the job reasonable constructive help to get you know their duties and responsibilities complete that's huge that's something that you've one documented uh in terms of the asking questions uh, I'm not sure in terms of it being illegal. I know just in a system of racism, white supremacy, I find it difficult to think that a white person would be would get in trouble for asking a question, uh, even if they're not supposed to ask a whole lot of in questions and have an interrogation. I could just see whites finding a way to be able to ask some sort of question and that being an acceptable thing. So generally speaking, I think it's probably good for us to not be surprised and be prepared if a white person is going to ask a question. But I would have to double check to see if it's in terms of the legality about asking about FMLA. Um, say another question. I don't think there was any other question. Uh, just in terms of the stress, because we've had the audio segment that talked about that at the beginning that was exclusive uh, to black females, uh, that stress is going to be a problem regardless. If you're writing in and you're saying it's so bad, it's showing in my outside appearance, I would say pause right there. It is definitely time uh, for mental health day, uh, some form of self-care. If it's become uh, that much, that destructive, uh, in your life, uh, it is definitely time for a pause uh, that is dangerous. Uh, that's how you end up <clears throat> with what they call John Henryism uh, and black people, Gwen Eiffel uh, passing away in her early 60s, other black people dying at a very early age, uh, that sort of thing right there uh, where the fatigue and just being drained, literally draining away your life force dealing with this terrorism on the job. I've said consistently we're under surveillance. That shouldn't be a surprise, but I mean, to have four five, six people, a half dozen folks to watch you clock out because you're leaving early and you've already got issues. I mean, terrorism uh, on the job. Uh, again, a lot of times we find ourselves in situations that are 
not healthy. They're not constructive. This is not even something that's, yeah, we're doing what we want and building our career. This is, you know, was supposed to be something temporary and we end up being there too long. I'd say if you're in an environment where it's that bad, the stress and the abuse that you're facing is that bad that it's showing in your physical appearance. Maybe we should be updating the resume and looking to exit this facility. Um, you know, certainly it's not going to be a leaving in the next five minutes, but making an exit strategy if things have gotten that bad. Self-care is extremely important. Uh, did Plus, I had a question for the person who just wrote that. Are they taking a personal leave or is it FMLA? Because I believe it's two different ones. If he's doing, if he or she is doing FMLA, is he taking time off to take care of a spouse or a family member or something? Because there's two separate forms uh, that he would ha he or she would have to include to send to their HR department. If it's a personal leave of absence, then it's just, you know, whatever general information they're going to ask you to include a statement. Like I had to get stuff uh, faxed over when we went to Hampton um, to uh, the facility, uh, Hampton University, uh, where he goes uh, to get his treatments at. Uh, I had to scan and, and uh, send the documents to uh, the doctors up there. Uh, and they filled out the information and sent it back to me so I could send it to HR. So is he taking a family medical leave of absence to take care of a, a spouse or family member, or they just they just need personal time off? I don't know. You have all the information I have access to at this point. I read in the email, but... Hopefully this person uh, is listening. They can, you know, perhaps give us an update and I will share additional information. Okay. No apology needed. Uh, other folks, uh, either last comment or question before we get ready to conclude last uh, few minutes in the broadcast. We'll be here tomorrow for the compensatory call-in, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Can I be heard? Uh, let's see. Stacy in the U.K. and then uh, caller in Florida. We'll get both of you. Stacy in the U.K. Okay, uh, really quickly, Jess, you were talking about the forms earlier on. Um, I won't go into too much detail, but I was at an event this week. Um, I think because you did say on the forms that you're surprised that there was only two, I, male, female. Um, I was at an event this week and somebody was talking about gender and um, they mentioned that they would hope to see that it would move beyond binary descriptions. So the binary, I guess, would be male, female, to up to 100 gender um, um, classifications and uh, reframing it as gender possibilities. Now, given that people are born either male, female, or I guess you could be... Um, I can't remember the term, but you, some some people are born um, without fully formed um, 
and uh, sex organs. So, you know, you could be both male, female, um, but either way, that would be the third and it would just be variations on that. I can't understand what the other 97 would be. Um, and I suspect the term is being mixed up with sexuality. But uh, yeah, so that is what I heard this week. Contempt for gender, Mr. Fuller calls it. Uh, caller in Florida. Yes, sir. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Uh, yes, I had uh, two two uh, more ones from the uh, Halloween week. Uh, number one, the it was a white female supervisor that was in the break room. And she had uh, just finished doing some decorating on the door where they were going to have the luncheon. And she was walking to the vending machine. And she asked, why didn't I reply to the uh, email invite? I said I wasn't participating. So she was just saying, well, you could just bring just anything, any kind of food or whatever. So I, I rejected again. So she was saying that. Well, you know, this we're having a we're having a a, a courthouse or clerk's office fellowship. That was the first term she used, and I said, "You mean something like a church or something?" And then she says, "Yeah, you know, we're we're brothers and sisters and a family." So I asked her, Is "That the analogy you're going to use?" And she says, "Yeah." So I said, "What what member of the family am I?" And she says, uh, "You know, you're just a a." a a massive part of the brothers and sisters that we have. And I said, is that a more powerful position or, you know, not so powerful? And she says, well, you know, it depends. And then uh, I said something else. I said, am I like what, on a father level or, or what? And she said, now the re response she gave me is she says, well, I'm not talking about a redneck family. And she walks out of the door, so I, I know what that meant. Uh, and the, the last one was um, there was a, a a white female that dressed up as a cow. So I know, <laughs> and I wanted to share this one because she actually had a, a cowbell at her desk, and she said that she was wearing the cowbell all day long, and she got tired of cowbell noise. And uh, she said she was a cow supporting breast cancer awareness. So yeah, she she uh held up the cowbell and rung it. <laughs> and and uh that that's uh, all that I have for now. Thank you. Black brother like brother hell. They find more ways of encouraging us to be brothers and sisters in a total environment of terrorism. Brothers and sisters Let's come together and put our hands together, brothers and sisters. Watch out. Mr. Sayok is bringing our pizza in. Come on, brothers and sisters. We love and cherish, especially love our black brothers and sisters. I mean, it's more ways of the nonsense. Uh, anyway, the cowbell, I mean, what better than a heifer for Halloween and with the cowbell, uh, no less. How fitting. Uh, we will call that a broadcast uh, workplace racism now on Fridays. Didn't seem like it caused too many 
uh, disruptions for folks the first week out. Hopefully it will be a smooth transition as we proceed. Uh, we will be here tomorrow, compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, dial in. We'll catch up on what happened the last uh, seven days and give a thought about the election. We just had uh, Dr. Marvin Dunn on the program down in Florida. Also, we were talking about the governor's race and he is very confident that Mr. Gillum is going to win. I was almost willing to take uh, a wager uh, to see who is, is going to be victorious. Maybe we can share a word on that tomorrow, but I will definitely be looking forward to the race uh, next week for uh, the governor's office in Florida. It's quite a few of them I'll be paying attention to, but that'll be tomorrow, compensatory call-in, and the program with Dr. Dunn is in the archives. If you didn't get to hear it live, we talked about that, quite a bit of Florida politics, history, and racism. Uh, this It was Halloween evening, no less. Instead of trick-or-treating, we were doing the serious business on our cosmic assignment in the archives. That's it. Sobriety would be best under conditions of white terrorism. Work party, in your personal life, whatever the case, uh, we would be best taking care of our brain computer so that we can think of permanent solutions to the problem. In addition to being sober, let's be buckled up each and every time we are in a vehicle, driver, or passenger. Let's do all that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers, badge or no. With that, Creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, your brother. Problem. You're a victim. Hey, I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs> With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.